0: What's going on, fellow A-plussers? Plusers? is I, your host, Adam Perez, back once again with a brand new episode of A-plus Hero Report, your weekly stop for your Marvel, DC television, and movie news streaming live for you guys over on YouTube today. You can also catch us over on Facebook as well as Twitch for you gamers out there, guys. But uh, listen, we're riding solo Dola today. It is just, in fact, myself here bringing you a new episode of A-plus Hero Report. We got your honorable mentions live viewer questions, and six main topics we're going to be getting into. We're going to be diving into Barbieheimer uh, as we talk a little bit about the box office when it comes to Barbie and Oppenheimer. We also got some great news when it comes to some Star Wars series, especially Lando, along with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles having their eyes set on an upcoming sequel and maybe even a series and a ton more, guys. So let's go ahead and get this episode. (laughs) Good afternoon, or I should say maybe good evening. Uh, It is 730 here in Fort Worth, Texas, Uh, wherever you guys are certainly at today. I hope you guys are having a fantastic Sunday. Hopefully your uh, weekend in general has been great also, but what way to go ahead and wrap up your weekend with another episode of A Plus Hero Report as we break down some great topics for you guys today uh, and end off our weekend correctly. Um, Listen, for everybody in the live chat, if you're watching us live today, do us a big favor, hit that like button, guys. It definitely does certainly go a long way. Um, also, if you guys are audio listeners, we do have a podcast for A Plus Hero Report. You can... Catch us not only on Spotify, but wherever you listen to your audio podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Just go ahead and search for A Plus Hero Report. Uh, we definitely would appreciate your support there as well. Um, and I'm actually kind of trying to figure out some other ways that we can utilize uh, the audio podcast a little bit more. I definitely want to start making like exclusive content just for audio listeners in some way, shape or form. If you guys have any ideas as to what we can do with our actual podcast channels, go ahead and uh, let us know in the comment section box below or in the live chat, wherever you guys certainly may be from. Um, listen, we're also, if you want to support the channel, uh, we certainly would love that. Um, if you want to help us out monetarily, feel free to submit an, a super chat, uh, or a super image. If you want to super stickers, I think they certainly might do. Uh, if you go ahead and provide a super chat towards us, your comment will be the first thing that gets thrown up here on our screen. We'll stop what we're doing. We'll address you, give you the attention you certainly deserve, but just know that your money certainly goes to us building our channel here, whether that be going to conventions, getting brand new equipment, creating animation and videos and things like that it definitely does go towards helping the channel out and if you can't help us out monetarily if you want to do something free for us hit that like button hit that subscribe button and share these videos guys uh let's see who's in our live chat with us today i do want to give some shout outs to people that are joining us today we got Enrique in the house. What's up, Enrique? He says, I saw the episodes of Power Rangers Seasons 1 to Season 20 ahead of Power Month in August, along with the National Power Rangers Day coming just days away before Cosmic Fury hits Netflix this fall. Yeah, uh, August is literally right around the corner, uh, and it will, in fact, be Power Month. So um, all you Power Rangers fans out there definitely have something that's worth celebrating. Uh, we got Ram Jam in the house. Blossom is here as well. Good old Marcelino um, joining us today. Again, I am writing solo dolo, so I do apologize, guys. But um, listen, if we get any stragglers, anybody in here that certainly um, wants to join us in the live chat, certainly go ahead and make them feel welcome, as always, guys. But um, let's just uh, – it'll be a chilled afternoon, chill evening, I should say. Um, but let's go ahead and get into some of our honorable mentions tonight. Uh, let's see here. What do we got here? Um, you know, I went, and, I went to Oppenheimer last week. I didn't get the chance to finish the movie, unfortunately. The alarm system in my movie theater went off. I was literally like two hours and 30 minutes into the movie. Uh, we had to be evacuated. But before the movie started, we did get the opportunity to check out a trailer for Dumb Money. I absolutely love this poster that they wind up dropping. This was in regards to, I don't remember if you guys recall, a few years ago when the GameStop stock Uh, I think a ton of people were, like, buying it, even though everybody was telling them, like, not to. Uh, And some people made a ton of money off of it, but definitely pissed off some people at Wall Street, to certainly say the least. But this is that story. Um, They've got some really great actors in here, so I'm really looking forward to it. But I just thought it was a really cool poster I wanted to go ahead and highlight for you guys. Um, But, yeah, if you get a chance, dumb money. Check out the trailer for it. Uh, It looks pretty good. Another trailer that we wind up getting here this week, too, Castlevania Nocturne. Uh, This is, I believe, going to be focusing on Victor Belmont, if I'm not mistaken, maybe during the Revolutionary War. Um, I believe that this might actually be sort of like the sequel to the Castlevania series that we wind up getting like three or four seasons of over on Netflix. But they actually wind up dropping the trailer for this over on Netflix. If you haven't had the opportunity to check it out, please go ahead and do yourselves a favor. But it looks fantastic. Um, The artwork of the art style in general like animation it almost feels like it took a, a jump up i don't know if it's the same exact studio that did the first castlevania series the first four seasons or not but uh if it is i think they even up their game uh, but whoever is the animation for this um this series looks fantastic definitely looks like it's been upgraded or it's at least grown with the time since the first castlevania that we wind up getting but uh, i believe if i'm not mistaken uh according to collider.com Um, this series is reportedly based on two video games, Castlevania Rondo of Blood and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, and I believe this is actually set in 1792. So um, yeah, if you haven't had the opportunity to check it out, I think it's got like 2 point something um, million views already. Uh, and it just literally dropped like three days ago. So it definitely looks like it's got some momentum behind it. But the, the trailer looks absolutely great. Uh, so look, if you love blood, if you love magic, if you love vampires... You might be in for a treat with uh, Castlevania Nocturne. Uh did that actually have a um did that have a release date September 28th uh, on Netflix guys so definitely mark your calendars. Uh next up, listen, we just wrapped up Secret Invasion uh to a lot of rotten scores over on Rotten Tomatoes unfortunately um indy i believe did go ahead and drop his secret invasion finale review if you haven't had the opportunity to check out indy's review go ahead and do so it is currently up on our youtube channel he did drop that yesterday giving his thoughts on the seek on the season finale for secret invasion and while that unfortunately have, might have left a bad taste in some people's mouths we do have a second season of loki that's actually dropping uh if i'm not mistaken they did drop this uh poster Season two is set to go ahead and drop October 6th, so it will be here within a couple of months. Um, I believe tonight, if they haven't already, they might be dropping a little bit of a teaser. Not, Not a teaser, like a teaser of a teaser. I think it's supposed to be like a Miss Minutes. I think she's got like a teaser of a teaser because the trailer itself, the official trailer for Loki season two, does drop tomorrow. Um, so look out for no case of the Mondays here. Marvel certainly wants to save us, but Loki season two will be giving us a trailer on Monday. So look forward to that. If anything, I will be curious to know, are we going to see any Jonathan Majors in this trailer? Uh, or if they're going to cut this trailer in a particular way to not show Jonathan Majors influence in the series. You know, I actually have no idea how... Um, How much of Jonathan Majors is in Loki season two Um, after the finale of the first season? I definitely wanted to see a lot more of Jonathan Majors on the screen. Um, They definitely gave him that when it comes to Quantumania, whether or not they're going to be tackling um, that same level of momentum for Jonathan Majors here in Loki season two, or if this is going to be more of a Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson show. Who certainly knows, but um, it should be interesting to see how they promote this uh, with everything that's happening with Jonathan Majors. Again, Marvel has not dropped them. They're clearly still supporting the guy, but they definitely understand the idea of, um, I would assume, being a little bit cautious in regards to how you promote and market this. Um, But we'll see. We'll definitely see how it goes. But yeah, October 6th um, will be low key Season 2. And I think, listen, I think out of all the MCU shows that we've gotten so far, The ones that have really stood out to me, WandaVision, Loki, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and probably Miss Marvel are probably like my four favorite ones that we've gotten so far. I haven't really ranked those four as to like what's been my favorite. But I think out of all the mcu series that we've had those have been my strongest that i've certainly been enjoying uh and loki is one i've been wanting a season two for hell i'll even take a season two of falcon and a winter soldier but with them moving on to movies i highly doubt that we're going to get anything like that again Um, I highly I definitely expect a Miss Marvel season two also that hasn't been announced, um, but I would not be surprised if maybe after the Marvel's something uh, down the line is announced. But who certainly knows Uh, the Marvel right now is currently um, changing a lot of their trajectory in their course with everything that's been happening. Um, The Jonathan Majors stuff. Not that huge level of enthusiasm when it comes so far to uh, phases four and five. Um, So we'll see. Um, You know, Bob Iger talking about the idea that they might have diluted themselves a little bit too much with too much content. So it should be interesting to see what we do get season twos of and what they maybe perhaps decide to scrap in order to kind of shrink down the amount of content that they start putting out here within the next couple of years Uh, so it should be interesting but i will say this i am hoping that loki season two while i definitely appreciated and enjoyed season one i definitely hope that it sort of takes or gets the bad taste out of my mouth uh with some of the marvel stuff that we've certainly have gotten so far um but yeah because Secret Invasion, I was a really big fan of the first three episodes. I thought they had some really great twists, turns, pacing, um, great reveals, um, really uh, incredible dialogue, and just really eye-opening sort of the new scope of what the MCU certainly was. But I got to be honest, man, those last three episodes, I don't know what happened. Uh, but they definitely a little bit felt like they certainly jumped the shark a little bit with a lot of questions certainly still up in the air and i will say listen if you guys have questions about what happened with secret invasion the director himself is going out and doing interviews as of right now that's really telling if you ask me pulling the curtain a little bit um uh to give us an idea as to how that season came together um so yeah it should be uh, pretty interesting to see how you guys enjoyed or maybe didn't enjoy Secret Invasion. But let me know your guys thoughts in the comment section box below. And is this the perfect time for Loki season two? Because I am really looking forward to it. Um, Last honorable mention. Before we get into our main topics today, I do want to bring up the article here on my phone first before we um, dive into it. But unfortunately, the WAG and SAG after strikes are continuing. Um, if anything, I feel like this week, studios and streamers have really just like locked themselves down, certainly even further. You know, I'm pretty sure that they probably are getting a lot of pushback, not just from the writers and actors, but probably uh, crew members, right? People that, um, you know, craft services, people that have to do the food, right? Like there, there's a ton of other Groups of workers that very much depend on the writers and the actors and studios really getting to work and doing their job, sort of thing. Um, so, I'm pretty sure I would not be surprised if there's a lot of outside pressures on these studios and streamers as of right now. And it wouldn't surprise me if that, that continues to mount. You know, me and Indy uh, just had this conversation last week in the sense of, you know, how long will these strikes certainly go on for? You know, there's a part of me that wants to be optimistic and say, listen, I think the pressures of the outside world will eventually get to them. And maybe by the end of September, beginning of of October, maybe we have something figured out. But there's also the other side of me that's very much pessimistic and feeling like maybe this might be the real world situation where we may not get these strikes or any deals done until the next year um and i say that because of the fact that i do think studios and streamers are just that damn stubborn and cheap to where they really want to not only uh, force these actors and writers to like starve themselves but i think also at the same time they're probably waiting for like earning calls reports right? Like the, the next upcoming uh, quarterly call may feel like roses and look all fine and dandy for these streaming services and studios, which I think the next quarter might end in like September or something like that. But I do think the, the optics might change when we really start getting into next year and they get that like fourth quarter call, uh, first quarter earnings call, and they really see like The detriment that they're doing not only to themselves and especially their stockholders, but also movie theaters and things like that when they start realizing uh, maybe their profits and the fact that they have nothing working might really start biting them in the ass. But you do ask yourself that question of how long can these writers and actors stay on the sidelines Uh, And the process of staying on the sidelines is what's important, because even though the studios and streamers want to sort of dry the strikers out. The Strikers definitely want to almost do the same exact thing to the studios. Uh, And so I found it interesting here this week when SAG uh, and the WAG wind up getting a huge donation uh, from none other than good old Dwayne Johnson. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson certainly came through for the Strikers. Uh, they wouldn't exactly tell us how much he donated to their emergency sort of community fund, um, but they did say it is, in fact, in seven figures. So I would just assume at the lowest, Dwayne The Rock Johnson donated a million dollars to this cause. Um, this actually comes to us from Variety.com. It says, Dwayne Johnson contributes historic donation to sag After Foundation relief fund. Uh, They say that they they refer to this as a call to arms for all of us in the sense that it's like, look, you know, 87% of these people that are on strike do not make um, $26,000 in order to even get insurance for the year, right? Um, It's that extra 10% that might be super comfortable. Hell, it might even be that top 1% of SAG and WAG that make that sort of comfortable money, right? Where you can just drop money sort of thing or not necessarily have to worry. So I I do appreciate them saying, hey, look, this might be a little bit of a call to arms for the other bigger name stars, right? Uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Ryan Reynolds, um, you know, other big names that um, uh, can sit on the side. Meryl Streep, right, um, to just go ahead and 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 donate something to the emergency uh, fund here for these actors, so that they can continue to go ahead and certainly go on strike. Um, but look, Dwayne Johnson, I I always feel like. Even though he may not necessarily be having the best string of luck lately, um, I don't necessarily think anybody would tell you that he's a terrible human being. Uh, And the fact that we have somebody that has that type of money, that understands the situation, and is willing to certainly pay it forward to those that definitely need it. I hope more actors certainly step up to definitely help out uh, and and certainly in that way. Um, And, you know, that's something I always wish that it's like, look, if you got all that type of money you know, do something worthwhile with it. Uh, And I think donating it uh, and it going to a good cause is always fantastic. So shout out to Dwayne The Rock Johnson for the big W that he wind up taking here and certainly supporting the SAG, AFRA, and um, Writers Actors Guild um, strike that's currently going on. Um, And we'll see, man. We'll see what definitely happens. You know, more productions continue to go under. There are some studios that are living up to the – the demands or the rec, you know, what the actors are certainly asking for. Like, I think it's A24. I believe them as a studio, I think that they've certainly agreed to all the SAG AFTRA um, negotiations and things like that. So they may be perfectly okay with. Still filming um, during this time um, because they've met their sort of demands, if you will. But I have heard some stories of some people being like, look, you know, maybe that's still just not a good look. But, um, you know, whether or not some people are able to get um, work during this time or if it's truly like all hands on deck this means the world to us sort of thing you know we shouldn't be on any sort of production set at this point in time if you're part of sag so uh we'll see how things develop but as of right now uh there's very little momentum certainly happening right now in hollywood but listen we still always have plenty of things to talk about guys but that will do it for our honorable mentions today uh let me know if there's any news or articles or Especially any breaking news. If there's any breaking news that happens while we're talking, please go ahead and let me know in the comment section box below, guys. Blossom says, uh, did you say The Rock? Holy macaroling Seven figures. He donated, they, he donated that much. That's actually cool of him. Yeah, I think that's actually pretty cool, too, of The Rock uh ram jam says uh, without the actors and writers the studios will have nothing um you know there's actually an article out there that i i want to go ahead and read i haven't had the opportunity to read it yet but um i want to say that i read an article that uh, streamers and studios are in search of like ai right now that might be capable of i don't know if it's a, a writing or whatever the case may be you know my biggest worry is look technology tends to move rather rapidly when it's being created. Um, and I feel very much like maybe while AI is not at that perfect spot of being able to uh, write an a exact script, right, um i do wonder if maybe these studios and streamers are like let's give them like six months maybe in six months to you know ten months or something like that you know they'll be able to achieve what we need them to be i it just it honestly just makes me sick to my stomach man like it it really just makes me sick to my stomach that you rather you literally rather not pay people and look for the cheapest possible way like honestly if hollywood could get 10 year olds to write scripts And not fucking pay them? They probably would, okay? I mean, you want to talk about taking advantage and abuse of, like, child labor services? Just do a search in regards to, like, companies around the U.S. right now that are, like, um, really becoming less and less strict Of child labor laws. And I swear to God, if Hollywood had the opportunity to get away with some shit like that, they probably would based off of how fucking cheap some of these CEOs definitely are. Um, But uh, Blossom says it. Look, real people are irreplaceable, man. People are becoming lazier by the nanosecond these days. Um, Yeah, they, they definitely are. Marcelino says, with the writer's strike, uh, actor's strike going on now, this has given independent writers and actors who are not associated with the unions a chance to make their own projects and have people watch their content. Yeah, that's very much true. But I will say I I do think SAG has even put out a notice to those people. It's like in the sense of like, look, you may not necessarily be a part of SAG Actra, but just understand that if you do want to become part of this union, um, even though regardless if you're independent or not, you may not necessarily want to take any gigs. In the meantime, if you have uh, future purposes or future sites set on becoming a part of SAG sort of thing. So, um, you know, we'll see. I I almost feel like actors are um, doing jobs at their own risk right now, but um, we'll see, man. We'll see. They'll figure something out. Studios will definitely try and figure something out, whether that be like, hey, let's just push forward more uh, reality television uh, or whoever knows what the next um, big revolution in television is going to be that might You know come out of something like this um but again man asking for one percent two percent of the revenue i really don't think it's that much to ask uh and uh unfortunately um you know these studios and streamers want to continue to gaslight these actors and writers and it's uh rather unfortunate but um you know uh, continue to support them guys um because they certainly um have earned what they um You know, have uh, certainly deserving of what they should certainly get. Uh, And I just continue to hear just horror stories of people that are just on, like, these big, popular shows uh, that have been talked about for years or, you know, promoted by Netflix of, you know, getting the most views we've ever had, yada, yada, yada. And these people just get paid nothing. Like, the fact, like, it blows my mind that I, that I make more money than actors um, and that's crazy because you think you would watch one of your favorite shows and they are, it comes so popular and these people are so famous, you would definitely think to yourself, they got to be living that lavish life with that name recognition and the great stuff that they've been attached to. But when the fact that somebody that makes at least $30,000 gets paid more than the majority of these actors, that's ridiculous, bro. That is just so ridiculous to me. Um, but that's where we're at. That's where we're at, guys. So if look, at labor and unions continue to push and get what you deserve because these companies are making way too much fucking money to not let you in on their piece of the pie, especially when you're the ones that do the work, when you're the ones that are creative and allow them to make that type of money. So, um, yeah, sometimes they just need a, a swift kick in the ass. You know what I'm saying? And so hopefully, hopefully they will definitely feel it sooner rather than later. Um, but, uh, yeah, guys, I had to rant about that. Cause it's just, I just find shit like that. Just absolutely disgusting, man. Um, blossom says uh, they need better treatment. Heck, uh, there are actors and voice actors and writers. I look up to that deserve better than this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of names and faces that we recognize, I think a lot of us would be surprised, uh, as to how much of the ends meet, they really do not make on a regular basis. Um, so it's pretty startling, but, uh, all right, guys. With that out of the way, I think it's time to go ahead and get into our main topics. But before we do, listen, if you want to go ahead and submit a live viewer question over, please go ahead and do so. Um, feel free to go over to our YouTube page. On our main YouTube page, click on that community that community tab, and there is, in fact, a post for live viewer questions you can go ahead and submit those and if anything i do believe that there might be some questions um we did not get to last week i know Stuart was supposed to go ahead and do an individual video for a lot of your questions but i think there might be like three people that we didn't get the opportunity to answer so i will combine last week's and this week's together just to make sure that i um, get to everybody's to be perfectly honest with you what's up nathan appreciate you coming through I'm sure those companies could pay more, but I think streaming isn't really working. Um, and you know, I I am fascinated. I am fascinated as to why streaming companies rarely, if ever, if ever, give out their metrics. Um, they never truly give us an idea of how many people are viewing their stuff. Um, they don't really reveal those numbers to anybody. Um, and I do think if they were to reveal them to everybody, people would be pissed, um, whether or not it goes to show there's a ton of people watching your show and you're not paying them. Or not a lot of people are watching the show and you're bullshitting us this entire time and still taking our money on the monthly basis sort of thing. Right. Like maybe they just have a really shitty sort of system that doesn't really work properly. And maybe their main goal is to just continue to get subscribers and subscribers and subscribers. Um, But there is something fishy about the idea of not wanting to go ahead and give out your metrics and your numbers um and when eventually it is a re- it is revealed uh it's gonna be shitty either way because <laughs> uh, then people are gonna feel like they've been robbed that's for sure uh Sarah, what's up sirrah i'm good to see you in here man i feel like i haven't seen you in a minute. But thank you very much for certainly coming through. And again, guys, if you're in that live chat, if you're watching us live, hit that like button, man. It really does go a long way. Along with comments. After this video winds up dropping, I'll probably put timestamps so you can navigate the episode properly. Um, But feel free to leave comments after the video if you want to further discuss any of the topics that we talk about today. Um, So let's go ahead and get into our first main topic. And that is going to be Barbenheimer, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We are on week two of, uh, since the release of Barbie, along with Oppenheimer, and they are just continuing to crush the box office. Um, just a quick disclosure, I have not had the opportunity to check out Barbie yet. Um, that is something that I I really want me and the girlfriend to go ahead and see this week, if at all possible. And then if I could sneak off to finish Oppenheimer, I would absolutely love that, honestly. Um, I loved Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer for what I had the opportunity of seeing. Um, Two and a half hours in, I was glued to my seat. Um, It felt, uh, editing wise, I will say maybe the first 20-30 minutes of the movie felt a little bit hard to um, navigate, if you will. Um, But after that, It feels very much smooth sailing with some incredible performances, moment of uh, intensity. Um, I mean, I I was really blown away by by what I wind up getting an opportunity to check out. And I'm really expecting Oppenheimer, if anything, to come away with a lot of nominations uh, for the Oscar season this year. But I want to go ahead and get into literally like. Just some of the achievements that this movie has certainly made, and I'm, I'm talking specifically Barbie as of right now, uh, as Barbie is just crushing it. And not only Barbie, but the director herself, uh, Greta Gerwig, is in the news. She actually, Greta Gerwig, according to Hollywood Reporter, breaks opening weekend record for a female director. Uh, It says Greta Gerwig has broken the opening weekend record for a female director, uh, solo or otherwise. Her Barbie movie opened to a staggering $162 million at the domestic box office. Um, That easily surpassed the 103 domestic box office by Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman. Um, In 2019, Captain Marvel also broke the glass ceiling when debuting at 153. Um, that movie was co-directed by Anna Bowden. So it even beat out Captain Marvel's um, 153 domestic box office record. Um, and now Barbie is sitting at 162 million. That, again, that was just for the um, July 21st through 23rd weekend. So this was last weekend she wound up breaking that. It says, other, uh, other stats, Barbie scored the top opening of the year to date. Um, It also says here, um, um, as well as one of the top openings since the pandemic, Uh, And then it definitely towered over Christopher Nolan's uh, that came in at $82 million. But trust me, that's definitely nothing to sneeze at. It says uh, Barbie's stunning start is a testament to Gerwig's vision of bringing the world's most famous fashion doll to the big screen, as well as the marketing campaign orchestrated by WB and Mattel. The Barbie movie. um, uh, Let me see here. What else? Uh, The pick is Greta Gerwig's third feature film. After her acclaimed 2017 film Lady Bird, which marked her Mm. solo feature direct debut, uh, and earned her five Oscar nominations. Um, She also had Sony's 2019 Little Women adaption, um, and that earned her an Oscar nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay also. And now they wind up bringing... um, Barbie to life here as well. So, um, yeah, man, it's um, Greta Gerwig breaking records along with um, just Barbie as a whole when it comes to um, when it comes to um, the box office. Um, Just to give you guys an update as to where the box office is right now, um, because the drop off was like almost nothing at all. Um, this is from variety.com, uh, letting us know that, um, where'd it go? Uh, letting us know that. Barbie scores a massive ninety three million dollars and Oppenheimer adds another huge forty six million in its second weekend. So overall, it says the collective force of Barbie and Oppenheimer continue to rule the box office in their second weekends of release, providing another needed jolt uh, as uh, two Hollywood strikes threaten the fragile exhibition industry. Um, So uh, let's see here. It says, Greta Gerwig's cotton candy colored fantasy comedy led the way, adding a massive $93 million. Um, The only movies that enjoyed bigger sophomore outings, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, Black Panther, Jurassic World, and The Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Um, So, yeah, doing big numbers right now. Um, We also wind up, uh, it says, um, Christopher Nolan's dark historical drama also had a stellar sophomore opening, um, taking in a mighty $46 million. Um, It says, after two weeks on the big screen... Barbie has generated $351 million domestically, but globally, globally, this movie is already crossed $750 million and ranks as the third highest film of the year. Um, So yeah, Barbie is past $750 million. This movie is going to go on to be a billion dollars easily. If it doesn't get there by next weekend, It definitely will hear within two weeks for sure. But this movie is crossing a billion dollars and going to be a part of the Billion Dollars Club. Meanwhile, Oppenheimer has earned 174 million domestic, but overall $400 million at the box office. It has already outperformed two Nolan's, uh, two of his previous Nolan films, Tenant. Which made 365 million, and Batman Begins, which made 373 million dollars. Um, and this is just two weeks compared to Tenet and Batman's entire run. Its entire run. Um, Christopher Nolan has got a masterpiece on his hand, man. This might be one of his best films out there, uh, and he's made some great ones. He's made some great ones. Um, and yeah, and yeah, it does talk a little bit about uh, Haunted Mansion. A24's violent thriller, Talk To Me, which I will say, I've been hearing some great things about it. Um, so if you're looking for a, a violent thriller, Talk To Me. Sounds like it's a, a good one to certainly catch at the box office as of right now. Um, so yeah, man, some some big things, big things happening when it comes to uh, Barbie along with uh, oppenheimer and listen if you guys have had the opportunity to check out both movies one of the movies i really want to know your thoughts give me like a, a brief little review if you can in the live chat or the comments and let me know what you guys thought about either of those particular movies you know i'm pretty sure there was probably a group of people that thought maybe the first week for barbie and oppenheimer might have been flukes like hey there's no way that they're going to generate that in its second weekend i mean look we've seen some massive drops in box office the second weekend there's not many movies these days that are really sparking interest to just have these movements towards the movie theaters but there's something about that special combo of barbie and oppenheimer the complete opposites uh, that really drove people to the theaters hell some people did um double feature uh, sort of day, if you will, taking the day off and seeing both movies. Um, so there's a lot of energy behind those. Unfortunately, a great movie like Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part One, which has got like 90% critics and audience scores, I think it's doing decently okay at the box office but nowhere near what you would expect for a mission impossible movie especially coming off of a top gun tom cruise movie that made like a billion dollars at the box office a year or two ago right so um a little bit of a bummer that um tom cruise's great movie mission impossible isn't getting that bump in box office like it should but i also think the idea that it literally only spent a week on the imax is certainly hurting it. Um, Oppenheimer came in and took the IMAX screens from them. uh, And you could really see it in the box office tally where it's hurt Mission Impossible, but as yet, unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, but fortunately has certainly helped out Oppenheimer in the long run of things. Um Nathan says I love this for Barbie before it came out it was upsetting some um but it has the last laugh yet yeah, it absolutely does uh again this movie doesn't come to 750 million dollars by just one time viewings right like people are clearly going back and seeing this word of mouth is certainly catching on um so yeah um Marcelino says Barbie was a great film uh filled with countless hilarious moments uh and told a meaningful message uh, and that's, I'm really I really want I feel like the more and more I hear reviews from people, it is one of those things where it's like, man, I, I kind of want to know. I kind of want to see what this message certainly is. Um, I keep seeing these damn memes of like, I'm Knuff. I'm Kenna. I'm Kenna. I guess that's like <laughs> Ryan Gosling's Ken song or something like that. I'm I'm Knuff. Um, so I, I kind of want to see. I definitely want to check out this movie for sure. I've been wanting to since it was uh, announced, um, but it's just my anticipation has just continue to grow. So I am really looking forward to it, but I will say this variety.com this week, I thought did a really great piece in regards to why there is such a success behind both of these movies compared to literally any other movie that seemingly dropped this uh, this summer. It feels very much like it has been a slow trudge for a lot of movies um, to even break even or even make a profit. But there's got to be something special about Barbie and Oppenheimer. And I thought Variety did a really great job of sort of breaking this down. So let's go ahead and read this together uh, and let me know some of the takeaways, if you agree or disagree. Uh, This feels very much like an opinion piece here, but one that I uh, semi-read and thought was pretty interesting. But it says, the real meaning of Barbenheimer, if you build exciting movies, they will come. Uh, And I am kind of curious very much if this is sort of like a showcase to other studios in regards to like, Getting back to the basics of maybe movie going and storytelling, Um, but let's go ahead and dive into it. It says, uh, when the history of movies in the age of uh, when the history of movies in the age of streaming COVID and the first double strike since 1960 is written, the day of July 21st will go down as a rare date that actually remembered as a box office landmark. For that was the day that Hollywood dropped two blockbuster weapons, one pink, the other dark, both of which hit their target audiences and went boom. A downside of our franchise culture is that even when movies become big hits, their appeal often boils down to a basic expression of mass taste engineered by market forces. Look, the Jurassic Park concept worked again. Shocking, the Mission Impossible series has a wild card tucked into the gamesmanship, um, but once you look past Cruz's stunt mojo, even the perfect, perfectly decent new uh, MI installment has been greeted by criticisms as the best action film of the summer. That made me think: Aren't the Mission Impossible movies supposed to be more than action movies? We got we got Fast 15 fuel-injected diesel for that. So now they're they're just making fun of franchises now. But it says, which brings me to those pink and dark hit weapons. You could say that Barbie, by tapping into the appeal of the most famous doll of the 20th 20th century, takes off from, as an ironclad, a piece of IP as any movie ever has. You can also say, okay, great, it made $150 million in three days, but a Barbie movie was always going to have a built-in audience. Except that imagine if Barbie had been made in a standard way by a standard filmmaker. It could have easily have been a Smurf movie with better clothes. Barbie may be legendary IP, but the idea of a movie about Barbie, Ken, and all their friends friends, is, friends, is not exactly a concept that lends itself to human dimensions. It says for that, you need a filmmaker like Greta Gerwig who summoned the industry power and the pop vision to transform Barbie into an exuberant, jokey, carnival-of-fourth-wall-breaking dollhouse as as rabbit-hole feminist surrealism. A candy-colored dreamhouse burlesque that adores Barbie and resents her at the same time. That tweaks the patriarchy even as it treats Ken as a film's most complicated character. And that has the wit to recognize that Barbie isn't just a plaything. She's a metaphysical projection of feminine ideals who also has the effect of undermining who women are. And first, I, and I want to bring that to our attention real quick. I love the fact that he says, or that they say, it could have easily been a Smurf movie with better clothes. And I feel like that is so... On the nose, because I think when a lot of us first heard the concept of a Barbie movie, like what are you going to do with a Barbie movie, right? I don't necessarily think a lot of us thought about the concept of truly diving deeper and actually doing something with this character. It says that's a lot to unpack in a movie about a doll, but here's the point. Did Greta Gerwig simply sneak all that stuff into a Mattel movie that can still function perfectly well as a piece of product that's moving even more product off the shelves? Or did she playfully submersive sensibility take a movie that was probably destined to be successful and turn it into something twice as successful? The buzz leading up to the release of Barbie was off the hook. I haven't felt that level of anticipation since the era when the thrill wasn't yet gone from Star Wars. And I argue that even though most people eager to see the film may not have known going in who Greta Gerwig was, they picked up on what Greta Gerwigness of the whole enterprise meant. That this was not going to be a cookie-cutter Barbie movie. That it was going to be a bowl of very spike punch. It was going to be a movie that surprised you. It's essentially quality, not just the IP that could make Barbie the biggest movie of 2023. And I think that's I think that's saying something. And I think that should be a, a, a an aw- awakening and an alarm uh, for any big IPs and franchises out of there out there. Just because you have a popular IP and you expect people to come to the movies does not mean that you have to make a cookie cutter movie out of that ip you got to push the boundaries you got to surprise people you got to draw them back in and it says as an as an act of counter programming the simultaneous release of barbie and oppenheimer plays like someone's idea of a cosmic joke it's not just that two films make a perfect pair in their staggering lack of aesthetics and demographic overlap. It's that gloom together into a greater than the sum of the parts entity known as Barbenheimer. The movies, the two movies seem to express the yin and yang of the 21st century world. As a culture, we, we're as serious as the odd atom bomb and as superficial as Barbie and we take our superficial playthings deadly serious. If the box office triumph of Barbie sends a crucial signal that inviting a a gifted filmmaker to revel in the power of her idiosyncrasy works as a commercial proposition, the box office triumph of Oppenheimer sends a different signal, reminding us that we still live in a heady and sober culture, one in which three-hour talk fests Meditation on the meaning of Oppenheimer, the father of the atom bomb, can seize audiences the ways that the movies of the 70s or 90s used to. Christopher Nolan is certainly a director with a built in fan base, but it's worth noting that the Nolan brand represents filmmaking as an adventure into the unknown, as a movie you go into a theater to watch, as an experience that's larger than life, that's vastly bigger than you. The promise of Oppenheimer and what I think is luring people out to see it, even in great numbers and expected, is that the film won't just be a biopic about the man who spearheaded the creation of nuclear weapons. It will be a movie about all of us, about what the creation of nuclear weapons did to us. That's one reason you want to see Oppenheimer with an audience. But the ultimate big screen is a collective consciousness of everyone in the theater. These two movies with nothing in common except the power and passion that got each of them made have arrived at a perfect moment in our perfect storm of entertainment industry meltdown. Um, And I just thought it was it says the lesson is that all of this works only when we give artists the license to follow their muse to express the excitement of what's in their soul. Everything else is just algorithms. And I think it's I think that's the truth, man. I think that is the truth. And listen, you know, Nathan says, "You hear that, Marvel?" Listen, I I think Marvel used to have that mindset. You know? I think after, you know, there are some really great individual solo Marvel movies out there. Granted, I don't know if they go as deep. Um and as cultural as something like Barbie and Oppenheimer, where there definitely used to be a lot of attention to detail and care for the story that they were definitely telling um, to be able to literally hit audiences in a huge mass appeal. But now that franchises are very much getting a little bit stale, you know, people are really much relying on the name of the IP to kind of get these movies over the top. And unfortunately, Um, Maybe the moviegoer is just not where they used to be anymore. uh, And they still need that depth. There still needs to be a message. There still certainly still needs to be something that connects with us as a society and in the culture and what we're dealing with today. And I think that's exactly what Barbie and Oppenheimer were definitely able to go ahead and dive into. Um, And the idea that um, everything else is just algorithms Absolutely. Right. Like you're just trying to appeal to what algorithms certainly tell you and what you think, uh, you know, g- um, paint by numbers sort of mentality. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that's certainly the way to go. And I think uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer certainly both showcase that. And it is one of those things I I would like to see some of these other studios. Really get back to the drawing board of letting these creators create because you've got Greta Gerwig and Christopher Nolan that all have their own unique and distinctive voice Um, and films that could easily be cookie cutter their voice is what sort of trans transforms those projects and those properties. Uh, and really become something bigger than just the IP and property itself. And uh, can you imagine a Marvel movie getting um, uh, an incredible director along those lines um, um, You know, to kind of come in and make an individual superhero movie? I'm not talking about a, another multiverse movie or another big crossover event movie, but just a, a solo superhero film Uh, that can really strike the chord of our culture today that just really speaks to us would be something pretty monumental, man. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens when it comes to the box office. But I hope filmmakers, moviegoers, I hope they certainly pay attention to what's going on with Barbie and Oppenheimer, uh, and they certainly take note. But I thought that was a great report from Variety. Uh, Again, that's variety.com, the real meaning of Barbenheimer, if you want to go ahead and give it uh, a read for yourself. Uh, But good stuff there. Um, Marcelino says uh, Cillian Murphy said that he would like to play Ken in a potential sequel. Yeah, I think I heard him say like, hey, send me the script, man. Send me the script. You know, I'll I'll, I'll be open to it. And um, yeah, I really do like Cillian Murphy. I thought he was pretty good as a scarecrow uh, in Batman Begins. Really great in Peaky Blinders, if you haven't seen him in that particular series. I think somebody even asked him. Uh, potentially like, would you want to play Dr. Doom? Uh, he, I think he said the same thing about the Barbie movie. Like, Hey, give me the script. I need to read the script first and I'm, and I'm open to anything sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I definitely would love to see that. Um, Marcelino says it's kind of odd that, um, MI seven bombed at the box office, but it's kind of funny. People said that MI 16 will be a billion and Barbie will be a bomb. Well, who's laughing now? Yeah, honestly, you know, I honestly would have thought mission impossible, would have made a ton of money. But I also think I, I also think studios really, and I think Marcelina, you might have mentioned this one time when we were talking about release dates for big budget movies and a lot of them being very close together. you know, the fact that Mission Impossible was literally a week out from Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like Mission Impossible should have had at least two to three weeks at the box office by itself. Um, you know, the scheduling of when these movies are going to drop, you know, do you have a movie that's going to be going into IMAX having to kind of go around the IMAX schedule of what movies are going to be in there? What, what isn't? Cause I, I read something too, that like the Marvels, isn't going to be in IMAX that IMAX has scheduled like another five or six weeks of like, um, Oppenheimer or a, another movie for, um uh for the marvels to kind of play on and it's it's one of those things like now they don't get the opportunity to be on imax anymore that's probably gonna hurt the box office substantially alone um but again i do think it is something along the lines of these studios have got to get better about when they release their movies because they really are sort of eating into um the money uh from from everybody right like not everybody has the funds to go see you know three movies. In four weeks, you know, a movie going experience is, is super expensive. And so you want to get the most out of it. And if you're putting two big blockbuster movies sort of back to back, um, you know, with just maybe like a two week gap, you know, then you start having people have to you know, figure out which movie do I want to go see. I clearly can't afford both of them uh, because the movie going experience these days is just way too much money. Uh, And when you start putting movies on top of each other, then you just start cannibalizing each other and eating into each other's profits. So I, I do hope, when it comes to 2024 that we have more release dates that are moved around or whatever the case may be so that movies get the opportunity not only to stay in movie theaters longer but also to 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 benefit before another big movie comes in and so scheduling i think is important when it comes to the box office and also how long you're keeping your movies in like The fact that you can not see a movie in theaters and then for some studios 45 days later get it on streaming service, why even go to the box office? Why even go to the movie theaters in the first place? So there's a lot of change that I think certainly has to happen uh, for the box office to get back to being as lucrative as it certainly used to be. But also remember, even without those changes, it is still possible to make that type of money. Uh, You just got to come in swinging like Barbie. And Oppenheimer. Um let's see here. What else you got? Uh Frankie says, sorry, I was saying that in my opinion, the original Black Panther tapped into a bit of a non-algorithic um uh, rubric. I-, I-, I totally agree with you. I think um I think Black Panther definitely tapped into something along those lines. Uh, Marcelino says I saw Cillian Murphy in Inception that's right he was the guys uh, he was the gentleman's son I think that was helping them navigate through his father's uh, dreams um, uh, or his mind he's definitely a a Christopher Nolan actor similar to how Michael Rooker is James Gunn actor appearing in almost all of Gunn's uh, projects yeah um, yeah I I definitely see it that way for sure Uh, appreciate you coming through sir thank you very much appreciate you coming through Uh, Marceline says unless your movie makes a billion dollars your movie will barely stay in theaters for a month I mean I think you can guarantee at least a month maybe a month and a half Um, but the the turnaround these days uh, if you miss a movie in theaters I I mean there's plenty of movies that I wanted to see that I'm looking I'm like damn it's already out of theaters Uh, I missed the time y'all I missed the time when a movie was in theaters like three months six months sort of thing might be in like the smallest theater you can find uh, but they're just pumping out movies these days Um, so so, yeah, these movies um do not get the opportunity to stay on screen very long. So you got to make your impact uh, and make it quick. I definitely agree with you there. But, guys, let me know your thoughts. Barbie continuing to crush the box office. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Ah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely ton to celebrate for sure. So uh, I hope Margot Robbie's got that champagne popping, uh, and I hope uh, Christopher Nolan's in space somewhere on, like, a space shuttle looking down at all of us little people um, showering themselves in the cash that he's making from Oppenheimer. So uh, let us know your thoughts on both of those films if you had the opportunity to check it out. Uh, with that out of the way, guys, we will move on to our next topic. And where I'm going to get into my Star Wars bag here in just a little bit. I wanted to talk Star Wars today because we got ourselves an announcement from Variety.com that a um a possible dead project that I think a lot of people thought was canceled, thrown on the back burner, uh, has now, like a phoenix, risen from the ashes. Uh, and that is none other than the upcoming series. Uh, well, I should use this one. Lando. That's right. Lando is back in the news. We've been keeping you guys up to date on the Lando series for a while now. Um, there has been not too much information, honestly, um, since um, Solo wind up dropping, or at least ever since Kathleen Kennedy went ahead and announced a Lando series. What, like two, three years ago now? It's, it's definitely it's been a minute. Um, but when it comes to Lucasfilm, look, you know, we know that it's always been very much back and forth, right? An announcement. Uh, we got to take that back. (laughs) Another announcement, uh, the writer left. Uh, We got to take that back. Uh, Another announcement, uh, the director dropped out. Uh, We got to take that one back. It's been a revolving door, to say the least, and very frustrating for a lot of Star Wars fans. Um, Some people blame Kathleen Kennedy, who certainly knows. uh, Maybe not necessarily doing her job correctly as a producer. Um, Definitely, Some of that definitely goes on her shoulder. But um, within this past year, though, we have had three movies at least officially announced. We've got ourselves a James Mangold Star Wars movie that's going to be focusing on The Dawn of the Jedi, We've got a Dave Filoni Star Wars movie that's been announced that's going to be dealing in the current present New Republic time era that we're certainly dealing with with the around the Mandalorian and Ahsoka timeline, and then we also have the Ray Skywalker movie that's coming our way um, that's going to be taking place um, fifteen years, I believe, really fifteen years after the events of the sequel trilogy that we have from Disney. So we know that Lucasfilm is at least planning on creating some Star Wars in the near future. Um, But one of those projects that we haven't heard so much from is, in fact, Lando. Um, Now, Kathleen Kennedy, in a recent interview, came out and mentioned the idea that, look, just because we have announced movies Um, and aren't doing anything with them or they're not necessarily on the schedule doesn't necessarily mean that they're dead. Mm -hmm. All that it certainly means is that we're just waiting for the perfect opportunity. Kathleen Kennedy has been very open about the idea that when they bring in creators to work and develop these shows or these movies, they want them to be able to at least provide three to five years of their life, right? Making Star Wars content Um, is not easy. And it definitely requires a commitment from people. Uh, And one of the things Kathleen Kennedy has said is like, look, when you're dealing with so many talented people, whether that be writers, directors, and actors, while we may have a concept and an idea, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's that easy to work around everybody's schedule and actually sit down and create it, right? Some of these projects are going to take time to actually come to fruition. And one of those projects is in fact, lando uh, as lando is in fact back in the news because this week we officially have writers announced uh, this actually comes to us from variety.com that's letting us know that um donald glover along with his brother steven they are set to write the lando series as disney plus as justin Simeon exits so now they, they apparently had a writer at some point in time on this, but I guess things weren't moving in that uh, in that direction or wasn't really getting mm-hmm. off the ground, probably waiting for Donald Glover because he's got so much on his plate, or at least he did with his own, uh, his own series, Atlanta, which I believe just certainly wrapped up. But now that Atlanta has wrapped up, it seems as though Donald Glover has got some time on his hands, guys. So let's go ahead and dive into this and talk about this a little bit uh again this comes to us from variety.com um but according to them it says brothers donald and stephen glover have signed on to write lucasfilm's lando series for disney plus variety has confirmed news broke of a lando calrissian limited series being in the works in december of 2020 so almost three years ago at the time dear white people creator justin simeon was attached to the project Though it would seem he's no longer attached, as Variety has been told that Glover Brothers will be writing the series alone. Simeon most recently directed Disney's Haunted Mansion, which is scheduled for July 28th release, which actually just dropped here this past week. And I don't think it's doing too well at the box office right now. Um It says, uh, the Atlanta alum opened up about his return to the role in April, admitting that he was in talks with Lucasfilm about the possibility. He says, I would love to play Lando again. It's a fun time being him. It just has to be the right way to do it. Time is precious. The past couple of years, this pandemic shit, it really had people experiencing time. People realizing their time is valuable. You only get so much. I'm not interested in doing anything that's going to be a waste of my time or just a paycheck. I'd much rather spend time with people that I enjoy. It just has to be the right thing, and I think it could be. Lando is definitely somebody I like to hang out with, is what he told GQ back in the day. Um, so, yeah, now that Atlanta has, in fact, uh, wrapped up, I believe that show itself has had its final season. Uh, Donald Glover is very much on board with writing this series, Uh, and I'm glad that he is. Like I'm glad that this guy has had so much fun with uh, the Lando character because, if anything, I think when it comes to Solo, while it didn't do that great at the box office, unfortunately, it was definitely considered a box office flop. Um, That movie just wind up having so many reshoots and had to do so much over that the budget for that movie was just astronomical. Um, And look, a lot of people would even say we didn't really ask for a Han Solo film. Right. Um, But maybe Disney was under the impression or Lucasfilm was under the impression. Maybe we just we just killed Harrison Ford off as Han Solo in The Force Awakens. Uh, Maybe people will love to get the opportunity to see Solo again as a younger version um, in this film. Unfortunately, that definitely was not the case. But I will say this: I do think that people that go back and check out Solo continue to actually think it's not that bad of a movie. It's actually pretty enjoyable. I actually really, I actually find myself enjoying Solo when I check it out. But one of the great redeeming qualities of that movie, a lot of people would say, would certainly be Lando Calrissian, played by played by Donald Glover himself. I think he had a fantastic time learning from Billy D. Williams how to go ahead and portray this character. Um, I hope he gets the opportunity to sit down with Billy D. once again um, as he gets back into his Lando bag. And considering this fact that Don Donald Glover clearly had a fantastic time playing him and wants to play him again, uh, I cannot wait to see what he does with it. Um, If anything, I do believe maybe Donald Glover has been nominated for a couple of Emmys in regards to what he was able to do with his series Atlanta. And now you're bringing that type of talent over to a Star Wars series for somebody who's already played this character before. This feels very much like a win for me, honestly. Now, again, I don't believe this is announced by Lucasfilm. Variety sources are confirming this, but Lucasfilm has not come out and actually made a confirmation on this as of yet. But it feels very much like it lines up with what we certainly expected. Um, The fact that Donald Glover is done with Atlanta, I would assume he would probably want more control over the direction of where the character goes, the story goes, and things like that. Who knows? Maybe Homeboy got the opportunity to read the script. If there was a script that Justin Simeon had for Lando and just was like, This ain't it. Uh, I'd much rather be the writer for this. uh, And I would be interested to see what his vision for Lando certainly would be. But I think this is a major win. And I also think this is a major win for solo fans out there. Um, Because for me, you know, while I would never expect Lucasfilm to make a solo 2, if they ever wanted to revisit any of these characters... I don't see why they certainly couldn't in a um, Lando series. You know, Lando could end up being sort of your quasi solo Um, uh, maybe not necessarily taking up uh, the exact sort of um, pieces that the first solo wind up leaving behind. But, you know, who's to say we don't see Han and Chewbacca again? What's the uh, Alden Heinrich? I can't remember the guy's name that played solo. Who's to say he doesn't pop up in here, right? He's got a great relationship with Lando. Maybe he pops up in here. Maybe Amelia Clark's character winds up popping up in here too, right? She seemed like she had a lot that was potentially going for her when we saw her at the end of solo, Um, you know, face to face with the hologram of Darth Maul. Could Darth Maul even pop up in a freaking Lando series too, right? Um, There's a, a plenty that can certainly happen here. And look, if, if, If Donald Glover even wanted to tap into the lore and canon of Star Wars, you know, there is a Lando Marvel comics that just, you know, dropped a few years ago um, where I believe the main storyline was like Lando steals a ship only to come to find out that the ship he stole was Emperor Palpatine's. (laughs) So it's got a bunch of, like, Sith relics and stuff on it, right? Mercenaries, I think, are sent, like, for Lando. I mean, there's a ton of potential that Lando can get his grimy little hands on and try and swivel, you know, uh, get some people out of sort of thing. I really would love to see more of Donald Glover as Lando. And I think those that wanted the Solo too. I highly doubt that it's going to happen, should definitely be on board with this series, because I definitely do think it's huge opportunities for other cameos to certainly be done from that particular movie and carrying on that same momentum. But I personally think this is a win. Um, I'm a big Donald Glover fan, whether you refer to him as Donald Glover or Childish Gambino, uh, whatever the case may be. Super talented, great writer, great writer. He's had the ability to do his own show before as well. Um, He knows his way around this galaxy as Lando. Uh, This feels very much like win for me um so i'm definitely here for it um but let me know what you guys are uh, are kind of saying here um marcelino says with lando since donald glover considers himself pansexual is set to write i hope to see that explored in the series it would be a good representation uh yeah lando just seems like he lives that uh that open lifestyle <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh so it should be pretty interesting um, I'm glad, Mars. I'm glad Donald Glover is passionate about Lando and wants it to be significant and not just to be a paycheck. Yeah, uh, I think those are pretty firm words by him in the sense of, you know, look, my time is valuable. I'm not trying to spend it on some BS. If I'm going to put my time towards it, it's something that I personally really want to do, and I think that's going to go certainly a long way. Um, Nathan, he says, "Um, it's a little concerning that the writer is gone. I haven't seen Donald write for this type of medium, but we shall see. Uh, It has to be great or else he's going to get trashed. Um, Well, look, I I will say I I will agree with you that it is a little concerning that the writing is certainly gone. But I think that probably has more to do with the fact that it's just like – we haven't really done anything, and he's probably had other big things that he's uh, had to do. Um, Justin Simeon, I mean, he did go ahead and actually attach himself to the Haunted House movie, right? So probably a lot on his plate at that moment. So um, it looks like he maybe went from one project certainly over to the next. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, I thought Donald Glover was a, a writer, wasn't he? Let me. um I mean, I know he is a writer. Clearly, he writes his own music. Um, but I want to say he's a writer also in regards to his uh, Atlanta series. Um, so yeah, so I, I think he, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, Frankie says, shame that Haunted Mansion wasn't pushed to the Halloween season. I think it might have found a bigger audience. Uh, Lakeith gave an understated, surprisingly touchy performance as a, a non-conventional lead. Um, yeah, I would agree with you too, Frankie. I am actually surprised Haunted Mansion wasn't thrown in October. It, it, that would make the most sense to me. But I, it probably is the case of a movie with yet another maybe ridiculous budget. Uh, let me see. Haunted Mansion haunted mansion 2023 budget Uh, 157 million dollars um so i don't know i don't know um but yeah guys let me know your thoughts on this um how excited are you to not only see uh donald glover come back as lando calrissian but also him and his brother doing writing duties for it let me know your guys' thoughts in the comment section box below um, I'm curious if Donald Glover does any directing himself, I would be curious to see who he gets, uh, who they wind up getting, um, to be the, the director, uh, for that series, or if they're going to go through, um, several different directors, you know, um, we'll see how long the series itself is, but, um, I'm hyped for it. I'm hyped for it. Um, with that out of the way, guys, let's move on to our next topic. And uh, we actually got a movie that's set to go ahead and drop here within uh, uh, like a week or two, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe maybe this week. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, is, in fact, set to go ahead and drop here. Yeah, August 2nd. So this week, guys, uh, if you're big TMNT fans, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is Back uh, as we have a brand new look um, being produced by Seth Rogen. um, Actually, getting teenagers to represent the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for. Maybe the first time or at least the first time in a long time, Um, but there is clearly a lot of momentum building behind this movie. Um, Every trailer and clip that I've seen continues to draw me in more and more. There is just this unrelenting sort of like energy um, that I'm really fascinated with. And seeing how this is certainly going to be explored. Um, But this is going to be a huge week for TMNT. Not just movie wise. But believe it or not, news wise too. Because they have a lot writing on this movie. And believe it's going to be so good guys. That we might get ourselves even more sequels. So let's go ahead and dive into this, shall we? Uh, This one comes to us from Variety.com also. It says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem sequel. And a Paramount Plus series in the works. Uh, Again, this is an exclusive coming from Variety.com, letting us know the big plans that they have uh, for TMNT. So let's go ahead and dive into this sequel talk. It says, Paramount and Nickelodeon movies are developing a sequel to Mutant Mayhem uh, and planning a two-season series that will serve as a bridge between the films. The spin off series is titled Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, will appear on Paramount Plus. So, again, they're going to be doing a sequel to Mutant Mayhem, but the bridge to, to, to bridge those two together without there being a huge gap, they're going to be dropping a two season series titled Tales. Of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's a sign of how bullish the studio was feeling about *Mutant Mayhem*, an animated adventure that opens theatrically August second. Um, it says uh, the sequel will be produced by Point Grey Pictures and directed by Jeff Rowe, who is also the director and the co-writer of *Mutant Mayhem*. So they're 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 sticking with what they know. Um, and it also says, let's see here. Uh, Chris Yost and Alan Wan will be serving as executive producers and showrunners. Uh, Lucas Williams will be overseeing both series and the sequel. Uh, It says in nearly 40 years since TMNT launched into the zeitgeist, it has entertained generations of fans and only continues to grow. We are excited to grow TMNT's legacy in partnership with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, It says, um, the Paramount series, this is the series now, the two-season series, from Nickelodeon Animation, Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, will be a 2D animated series. It's a 2D animated series with two seasons currently in the works, taking place between the events of the feature film, Mutant Mayhem, and the upcoming sequel, Reprising their roles as well. So you're going to get the same voices from the movies in the series. According to the official description of the series, the turtles will be challenged like never before as Leo, Raf, Donnie, and Mikey each go it alone for the first time. Facing faced with new threats and teaming up with old allies, the turtles will discover who they really are when they don't have their brothers at their sides. Um, So that's interesting. Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 2D animation style that will focus on um, new threats and teaming up with allies. Leo, Raph, Donnie, and Mikey each go at it alone for the first time. And the Turtles will discover who they really are when they don't have their brothers by their side. Listen, I'm going to say this real quick. That notion alone is fascinating to me, especially because of the fact that this feels very much like a coming of age movie because of the fact that they're so young right like i think they've got to be what like 13 14 years old like this feels very much like the beginnings of the teenage mutant ninja turtles and so the idea of them then having to go on their own solo adventures that for me just adds a level of like growth to each individual turtle that by the time we get to the sequel they may act almost i don't want to say extremely differently but we'll probably be able to tell how much they've matured and sort of grown up since that time that we've seen them in mutant mayhem um so i think this is a really well thought out plan here you know i know we always tend to say here like look get the first one out of the way right right Um, But I got to honest with you, I'm really not one for first reactions, but a lot of people I feel like that have been seeing this movie so far has had nothing but praise for this film uh, in regards to its kinetic pace, uh, great voice acting work, and just the energy that this movie certainly brings. So, uh clearly those at Paramount and Nickelodeon see big things with this um uh, with this iteration of the turtles. Um, and I'm perfectly okay with the idea of them wanting to kind of bridge that gap. That feels almost like that's just where we're at in how we um how we digest uh, entertainment these days, right? Build big cinematic universe, give us a movie to launch things off and then attach spin-offs Uh, And things to kind of bridge those gaps together. Uh, It very much is a, I don't want to say it's a guaranteed success. Because not every cinematic universe that has tried to get off the ground has been rather successful. But I do think something like this for TMNT uh, could certainly bring that, um, uh, turn that around. So I'm really looking forward to this movie. And also I believe they just recently announced too that the 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon is going to be on like Nickelodeon affiliated shows. I do think they have like digitally remastered 1987 TMNT cartoons that I personally grew up on. Um, playing, uh, I, I don't know if it's like Nickelodeon's YouTube channel or uh, where it might be, but it's just, I just remember it saying like Nickelodeon affiliated sites. Um, Ram Jam says, I hope they do a movie of the Mirage Turtles one day. You know, I will say the director of Mutant Mayhem did state that if he could bring anybody in for the sequel, uh, one villain he would love to tackle is Krang. Uh, I would love to see Krang in that big old suit of his. Hell, I would love to see Shredder. I I am kind of curious if there's any teases of a Shredder in here, if there's like a post credit scene that maybe teases the potential for Krang or a Shredder. Who certainly knows? But it feels very much like they are establishing their world uh, set in with a bunch of other mutants, uh, and it feels as though maybe they've got to go through those trials and tribulations of this Two season series in order to be mature and grown up enough to then tackle maybe their next big threat in the upcoming sequel, which, again, I keep my fingers crossed that it might be Krang uh, or even Shredder at some point in time. But um, uh, again, Paramount and um, uh, Nickelodeon feeling very confident about this um, to have their plans uh, in a row right now. So uh, we'll see if it uh, comes to fruition and how well this movie certainly does at the box office. You know, I don't know what other movies um tmnt has around it right now that might be able to sort of eat into its box office. Um I mean, well, look, we're about to drop and they still have Barbie and Oppenheimer out there. I still expect Barbie and Oppenheimer to have really great um thirds um third weeks if you will. Um so I might eat into Mutant Mayhem a little bit, but I do think Mutant Mayhem has sort of is 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 very much um, has its own audience that can kind of separate from that of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, so maybe maybe doesn't have anything to worry about both. We'll definitely see. We'll see how the weekend treats Mutant Mayhem, but um, Paramount and Nickelodeon definitely have big plans. Let me know your thoughts, man. TMNT has been in the news this week. Again, the 1987 series getting digitally remastered to be dropped on Nickelodeon's uh, um, uh, different formats. uh, And now a Mutant Mayhem movie dropping this week along with the sequel and upcoming series. Uh, a lot to be excited for if you're a big TMNT fan. But let me know your guys' thoughts in the comment section box below. And do you have your tickets to Mutant Mayhem? Let me know your guys' thoughts in the comment section box below. I, You know, actually, I might have to talk to the girlfriend uh, after I get off of this and be like, babe, I kind of want to go see another movie this week, too. We'll see if I can get permission. <laughs> we'll see. Um, all right, guys. And with that out of the way, uh, we will move on to our next topic. I think we got like Three other topics here today. Any breaking news, guys? Have I missed anything so far today? Let me know if I'm missing any big news that dropped today or not. And while you guys do that, my breaking news buddies in the live chat, um, let's go to our next topic. And we will dive into the world of Sony Pictures uh, because Sony is back. Maybe not for the greatest of reasons, um, but they are pushing back and pushing forward some brand new release dates for some of their upcoming films. Um, some of this might be due to the SAG-AFTRA and uh, Writer's Guild um, strikes, Um but um, they definitely are having a little bit of a mix-up, guys. So let me go ahead and give you the new release dates so you can mark your calendars here, get an idea of what's coming first, what's coming later, what's what's coming at all, if we ever get to that point. Um, can I close this? Here we go. This is from Hollywood Reporter. Oops, I didn't mean for that one to come up. Where's my – nope, that's not what I wanted. Ah, yes, there we go. That's what I wanted. Um a Spider-Verse Craven the Hunter delayed as first major theatrical dominoes fall amid the strikes. Um, so yeah, when it comes to Sony, uh, they might have some apologies to uh to hand out. So it says um the nomino the dominoes started falling Friday as Sony made a number of changes to its theatrical calendar. It says the studio has shifted its release plans for August racing pick. Gran Turismo as a scramble to figure out another way to market the movie without stars such as Orlando Bloom and David Harbour promoting it. Uh, It will now open wide on August 25th. Um, It says uh, further out the studio relocated Aaron Teller Johnson's Craven the Hunter from October. uh, And it also set two big movie dates for Bad Boys 4 and Venom 3. So let's go ahead and um, and dive into this. It says, um, Sony is the first major, major Hollywood studio to blink and make wholesale changes to its calendar since the sag after strike commenced on July 14th. Sony's announcement confirms cinema owners' worst fears that the calendar for both this year and next will see major disruptions. And look... This is just the first major Hollywood studio in Sony. Um, This is going to feel like the fucking pandemic all over again uh, when other studios wind up trying to push some of their stuff back. It says other studios are still in a wait-and-see mode in terms of – In terms of their big fall and winter tent poles, but there's no telling how quickly that can change now that Sony has rearranged its schedule. The movie could be seen as a sign that the unrest gripping Hollywood is not expected to have a resolution soon. So pretty much what they're saying here is like, look, Sony was the first one to blink. At this point, um, no other studios have moved, but them moving may then wind up having other studios decide, listen, these movies that we have dropping in the fall and winter, we may want to push those back because I do think one of the downsides to the strikes has been – the lack of being able to promote some of these movies and when you can't get your actors out there to be on a red carpet or go to you know these press junkets or even especially go to these late night shows right like Jimmy Fallon and all these other ones to go ahead and like promote your movie and be seen by casual moviegoers that aren't fixated to Twitter or you know the movie news world like some of us certainly are you know it really hinders that ability to get people into movie theaters. So there is a potential that movies that we still expect to drop this year being pushed back even further. But again, it does say other studios are still in a wait-and-see mode. Um, But as far as Sony goes, it says, um, Beyond the Spider-Verse is the biggest strike casualty yet in terms of release date changes. Since it is a part of a prized and successful franchise, Sony is taking the movie off the calendar for now since actors cannot do any voice work it was set open uh to open over the easter holiday uh, march 29th of 2024 Um, but that's not the case they have taken beyond the spider-verse off the calendar as a whole that i don't necessarily think is so much in regards to um Um, the strike though because it says even before the strike the film was expected to be delayed but the labor strife further complicated matters um i I think the i think beyond the spider-verse would have been delayed anyway um simply because of the fact of just the graphics and the the special effects and the cgi and just the animation in general like a, a few months ago we heard horror stories about the animator's having to go ahead and bring across the Spider-Verse to screens, how much work it certainly took, how many redos they certainly had to do based off of the style of directing from uh, Lord and Miller sort of thing. Uh, and I think they even asked one of the other animators, like, hey, is Beyond the Spider-Verse even going to drop in March? And he just, he just laughed the reporter off the stage. Like, it ain't no way this movie's dropping in May. So I do think Beyond the Spider-Verse is not so much to deal with the strike as it is Just how hard and how long it takes for the animation to truly uh, get where it needs to be. Um, What else we got here? It says elsewhere, Gran Turismo was supposed to go wide on August 11th. Um, Sony is instead doing the sneak previews for two weeks. And then it's going to open Gran Turismo nationwide on the 25th. It's, a, it's an experiment to see if word of mouth can fuel awareness. Since the stars can't promote the film, the audience can, is what a Sony spokesperson said. So um, they're moving Gran Turismo back two weeks, doing sneak previews during that two-week period to see if they can still draw people to come out to the movies. Um, we also got Craven the Hunter is moving from October 6th. This is one that this that kind of hurts. I'm not going to lie. Craven the Hunter is moving from October 6th of this year to August 30th of next year, almost an entire year. Sony does not want to release the R-rated action film without a full marketing and publicity push that revolves around Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, and listen, that's probably a good idea because, listen, the, the trajectory right now for comic book movies, the trajectory for Sony comic book movies, blah. Um, yeah, Craven was not going to succeed October 6th, especially if you can't get a full marketing and publicity push around it. Like, you might need all the help that you can get to get people to come out to another Sony comic book movie, okay? So, um, again, and I'll be honest, I'll be the first person to tell you I have not been hyped about Craven the Hunter. You guys know I refer to Sony Pictures as the production, the, the mediocre production company, right? All they drop out is mediocrity these days when it comes so at least comic book movies. Um, but even the first Craven the Hunter trailer opened my eyes. I'm like, okay, I'm I might be paying attention. You might, you might have my attention. You're gonna have to work a hell of a lot harder than that. But even the first trailer for Craven of the Hunter impressed me. But yeah, October 6th to August 30th. Uh so quite quite a ways away. The studio's Karate Kid movie, which uh, just recently got announced, uh, is also relocating because of the strike. So from June 7th of 2024 to December 13th of 2024. So now they're making a holiday movie, which actually think actually might benefit them in the long run. The studio never announced a filmmaker for the project. And with the strike, development has stalled. So um, at Karate Kid is very much in its early stages, apparently, um, as many have previously speculated. Ghostbusters Afterlife um, sequel is moving off of its December 20th date. We were supposed to get that this year. So it's moving off of December 20th and instead will open up now March 29th. Um, So it looks like it's taking the place of um, one of their other films uh, also, it looks like. Is that right? But yeah, so um, Ghostbusters Afterlife has now been moved to March 29th of 2024 um, Bad Boys sequel was set to hit theaters June 14th of next year for Father's Day. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, it will hit theater. So that's the new release date. I'm sorry. Bad Boys 4 will hit theaters June 14th on Father's Day. Um, that actually recently completed filming. Woo. They, uh, they got ahead of the game there on that one. Um, so it looks like that's in post-production as of right now um and then last but not least on here um venom that venom 3 officially gets a release date it will drop july 12th july 12th 2024 the studio was already holding that date for an untitled film um that is interesting to me i believe if i'm not mistaken the previous two venom movies were dropped in the fall period like october or so um this now makes Venom 3 very much a summer blockbuster film. And I don't necessarily know how I feel about that. Um, you know, I wonder if because they saw the dour trajectory of the box office of the two Venom movies um, in fall, if maybe they thought to themselves the best time period for this to where we can maybe make the most is maybe in summer make it a big blockbuster film if you ask me i've never viewed venom as a summer blockbuster movie at all again you guys know how i feel about the anti-hero concept i think it was a terrible direction to go with venom in the first place i really wanted to be more horror thriller sort of vibes out of it you know so they've already upset me with the idea of venom being an anti-hero now you're trying to make venom a summer blockbuster movie look good luck i hope it works Um, But the downward trajectory of the box office for Venom isn't looking good. So I wonder if this is like a Hail Mary for them for the end of the trilogy. Um, Because I I believe this movie should be in like September or October, if you ask me. Um, Hey, if you were looking forward to Madam Web, though, that is probably the only movie that has gotten pushed forward. Um, It was originally set for February 16th madam web is now moving up two days to valentine's day so you can expect madam web to go ahead and drop february 14th uh, for a uh valentine's day flick and i i will say out of all the um sony superhero movies that they have coming out madam web to me concept wise sounds super strong It very much reminds me that of Terminator in the sense of like a villain coming back to kill um, the mother of Peter Parker before Peter Parker is kind of ever born, Um, which I think is kind of cool. I think May Parker actually might be pregnant in this movie. Um, There's something really cool about that. And clearly having other super characters, spider characters, whether or not they get costumes or not, who certainly knows uh in that movie as well so madam webb i think of all the movies really intrigues me and um has my interest the most but i am really doing my best to keep my expectations low but surprisingly it's kind of hard for me to keep it low when it comes to madam webb i'm 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 kind of actually finding myself looking for it bad adam bad adam don't fall for that don't fall for it adam um but yeah those are your New release dates. Uh, so hopefully you've marked your calendar. And again, guys, this might just be the beginning of a bunch of new release dates from other studios. Um, but we'll definitely keep you guys posted um, as changes certainly happen. Um, what else we got? Dotila. What's a Dattila? uh you're missing the great american bash lol i'm not watching it either i kind of want to watch um great american bash i haven't watched an nxt product in like a minute maybe like just a match here or there but i haven't watched it in a while but now that we got uh dom dom who's a north american champion i kind of really interested in checking out that fatal four-way match um nerd mix what's up indy indy's in the house today um, Marshall says, I'm worried that Dune part two, the Hunger Games prequel, Blue Beetle, the Marvels, or Aquaman 2 are next. I the Marvels comes out when November, if I'm not mistaken. Blue Beetle, I think Blue Beetle is safe. I think Blue Beetle is safe, and I think Aquaman 2 are safe. Um, Dune part two, I can see them moving. The Hunger Games prequel, I can see them moving also. Blue Beetle, I think, is safe. Aquaman 2, I think, is safe. Because at this point, it's just like, guys, we need to just get these fucking movies out, especially for the DCU. Pardon my French if I'm cursing a lot today. I'm, I'm solo dolo, so I'm like, fuck it, you know? Um, At this point, if I'm Warner Brothers and DCU, like, yes, I, you know, I want to be able to make as much money off of these as much as I can, especially Aquaman 2, when you've gone through, like, your third set of reshoots, so who knows what that budget has ballooned to, but it's like, If I'm James Gunn, I want as much time separated from these movies as I possibly can before I drop my Superman legacy. Um, Because I am not trying to have that bad taste and that bad juju and karma carry over into the new DCU. I want that to feel as fresh and as far away from what has come before as possible. And again, that's not saying anything about what the quality of Blue Beetle or Aquaman 2 might be. I'm just saying the trajectory for DCU has been terrible wash your hands of it get both these movies out before the end of the year and just just focus on what's to come in the future uh is what my what my advice would be as far as marvels god that's a hard one cuz i personally really want to see marvels this year i do think marvels is going to be a great movie and uh, that's just my own prediction um but um it is you know the previous movie made a billion dollars also i think this movie has the potential of making another billion dollars uh i think i think people and some moviegoers or it's just some people in general really like um take for granted the power of women and little girls at the box office because uh, I, I can I can easily see the Marvels crushing. And if you're Marvel Studios, you probably really want your big stars out there to definitely go ahead and promote this movie. Because I fear, if not, this movie may just go the way of Ant-Man Quantumania. But you know, the difference is here, though. Guardians of the Galaxy was a great movie. That did bonker numbers at the box office also. Um, if the marvels is just a good movie uh if it's got a great script and it delivers i do think people will come out to see it like guardians of the galaxy Uh, i think it's got a great gimmick to it also in the sense of like the the body swapping when using your powers as long as the movie is more than just a gimmick and it really builds on the first captain marvel wanda vision along with miss marvel and does a really good job of like introducing us to these characters properly i do think the marvels can walk away with a really impressive box office but it's like damn if we've got no marketing and promotion of this movie can we really risk it and with the marvels not dropping until like is it like november let me just um, pull this up again the marvels release date november 10th that's still a little bit ways away uh maybe we get into like all the way through september if nothing has been decided then maybe they push the marvels back a little bit but i don't know man i don't know man i I wouldn't want to be any of these studios right now that i got to figure that shit out um um nerd mixes i like the march date for gba oh yeah you're right i did say bad boys four but it's bad boys five now or bad boys um for life or something like that yeah thank you for the clarification indy uh nathan said uh with the writer strike actor strike it could possibly get more people watching, more streaming. So these companies holding out could last quite some time. Uh, you might be onto something there too, Nathan, right? Everybody focusing now on streaming. Cause I think even like Netflix changed their like password um stuff. Like they really started clamping down on their password stuff and they wind up getting a ton more subscriptions based off of it. So it clearly worked. Nerd mix, you're right. He's a Marvel's been doing a press for like a year. You're absolutely right. Um, they definitely went and did a bunch of stuff. Entertainment Weekly, um, just had a a, a big rollout for the Marvels, so they probably have a lot of uh, things that are set to drop, probably like Total Film Magazine, Empire Magazine type of stuff, right? They probably have a ton of articles and videos that are getting to circulate. But again, I do think that there is something important about. Uh, Press junkets and red carpets, right? And um, um, late night shows and stuff. So while they definitely are doing some form of marketing, there are definitely others that certainly help. Um, But you clearly think Marvels and Blue Beetle are certainly safe. Um, So we'll see what happens, though. But uh, regardless, I think um, um, these are just the first dominoes to drop. Uh, We'll see what happens with the remainder of these studios. But again, as always, we'll definitely keep you guys posted. Um. Before we get into our other topic, I'm trying to see if there's any like, any any other topics off the top of my head that I wanted to bring to your guys' attention. Um, Indy, I know you're in the live chat. Um, do some self promotion for your. What is it, underground Underground Fest? I know you. Uh, um, for those of you who don't know, Indy does music. Uh, he's a, a rapper. He creates music. Um. I don't know if you're still under TBC records or not, um, but um, check out Indie Uchia, or uh, yeah, check out Indie Uchia uh, wherever you listen to um, your music. You might be able to find some of his work, but um, he's going to be performing at I believe it's Underground Fest. But um, Indie, if you can put like the the dates uh, and the location of where you're going to be uh, in August, um, show some love if you're in his area for sure. Um, What other things are on the docket? If you're not following us on our Facebook page, please do. If you kind of want to know where we get all of our articles and topics to discuss, that's exactly where we pull them from. Uh, we keep you guys updated all throughout the week on our Facebook page. News, trailers, posters, set photos, any exclusives and things like that. We do our best to certainly keep you up to date. And then we take six of those topics from throughout the week. Uh, and we definitely bring them here for you to keep you up to date along with some honorable mentions. Uh, If you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. We usually have reviews throughout the week. um, Some additional content for you guys throughout the week as well. Uh, And uh, any of your support definitely does go a long way. Um, And yeah, we're also on Spotify uh, and have audio versions of the show wherever you certainly get your audio uh, podcast, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, you name it. And Spotify does also do video. Uh, as well now for our channels. And usually by um, Monday, um, all these A-Plus Hero Report episodes are up on our podcast. So definitely go ahead and check that out. But, guys, let's go ahead and change course here for our next topic. Um, You know, we uh, talked a little Sony Pictures just now, but I kind of want to get into our MCU bag um, because I found it rather interesting as as more and more people – Uh, continue to really have issues with the trajectory of where the MCU is going as of right now. Um, The Phase 4 has been rather lackluster for some people. Some hits, some misses, probably a lot of mediocre, some mid stuff in there for you, but hasn't been quite hitting for a lot of people like Phases 1 through 3 certainly have. And it's kind of come into question as to, you know, what's kind of gone wrong here? Where has Marvel misstepped? Um, and I, you know, I'm always open to hearing people's opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, but one person came out here this week and talked about it and really opened my, I don't want to say opened my eyes, but I actually found it pretty revealing. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, the gentleman I'm about to talk about is an Arrowverse co-creator. If there's anybody out there that knows a thing or two about creating sort of a big connective universe, maybe not so much on the big screen, but when it comes to the small screen, make no mistake, the Arrowverse very much did so accomplish the same thing that, if you ask me, the MCU did for the big screen. Um, And so I'm always going to keep my ears open when an Arrowverse co-creator, especially either Greg Berlanti or, in this case mark guggenheim uh has a couple of things to say about it um so let's go ahead and dive in and see if maybe he's got some advice for the mcu uh and our co-creator believes marvel should reboot the mcu and he says prune that tree mcu prune it so let's go ahead and dive into it okay so uh, Mark Guggenheim, one of the heads of the CW's wild popular hourverse, offered his perspective on the MCU, stating that he believes the franchise needs to shrink if it wants to continue. He says, speaking with the, um, uh, I guess it's some YouTube channel, Guggenheim explained that he agrees with current uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger that Marvel Studio needs to slow down its content production adding that he believes MCU is due for a crisis on Infinite Earths-like event that can reduce the number of plot threads. This is what he says. He says, each of these movies in Phase 1 through 3, they all stood on their own. Look, I get it. I think, honestly, what the MCU is going through right now is the same discovery that Marvel Print Universe and the DC Print Universe also went through. Which is, I think of these universes like ships, and the longer a ship sails, the more barnacles get attached to its hull. And the more that weighs down the ship, and the more it affects how fast the ship can move through the water. The crater went on to speculate that he believes the upcoming Secret Wars film will largely serve that goal. He says... My guess is that we're building up with phase four is the secret wars that they announced. And he actually says, I don't believe it's the secret wars of the 80s. I believe it's Jonathan Hickman's secret wars, which basically was sort of like a reset for the Marvel Universe is what Guggenheim concluded. And to be perfectly honest with you guys, I 100% agree with this man. Um, you know, granted, when it comes to the 80s, you know, we did have the secret wars, right? With the Spider Man finally getting like his uh, uh, black symbiote suit. I mean, look, to be quite frank, at the end of No Way Home, we see that there is a piece of that black symbiote uh, here in the MCU. Um, so some people will definitely automatically assume that's where we're going with our secret wars, but there is something really appealing to me. About tackling, first off, Jonathan Hickman is an incredible writer. If you've never read a Jonathan Hickman comic book, do yourselves a favor. Whether that be Avengers, X-Men, Civil War, whatever. The man knows how to reestablish sort of a, a franchise and an IP and make it fresh, um, I would love if they went with this Secret Wars. Look, we're already dealing with incursions in the MCU, right? Worlds colliding, having a fight for your survival sort of thing. You know, all building up to sort of that battle world. And the one thing that I loved about the Secret Wars concept is that once we get into Secret Wars, just the comic book run in general, all these characters are different. They all have different looks. There's different lores about them. The world in which they live is vastly different and unique. I would love something to just kind of come along and upend the MCU in such a way that it really changes sort of the status quo of the MCU in the way that we know it. Uh, And I think the concept of creating a battle world here for Secret Wars would do wonders for something like the MCU and giving us a truly fresh taken. who knows maybe it's a great way to open up the door for something like x-men and listen i look i'm gonna say it here um i'm just gonna a prediction i'm gonna throw out here there's a part of me that really wants their rendition of the x-men to be from like the age of apocalypse i don't know why but i look we've seen ton of different iterations of x-men when it comes to fox right um I, i'm either open to them tackling like the 90s Jim Lee era sort of X-Men uh, or come out of the gate swinging with something like Age of Apo- uh, Age of Apocalypse level X-Men uh, and really give us something unique and different like we've never seen these X-Men before. But I do think that Mark Guggenheim is onto something here. I absolutely love his analogy of the MCU being like a ship. The longer that it sails, more barnacles get attached to its hull, right? Uh, And it weighs the ship down, and that's exactly what phase four and phase five has actually turned out to be that we've just added so much content all at once on top of this amazing universe that now at times it does seem to be dragging it down and maybe dragging it down simply because of the fact that somebody like Kevin Feige has felt very stretched thin, or at least it feels very much like he's been stretched thin. Let me bring up this, um, I almost want to bring up this um interview here with um um the Secret Invasion director Ali Saleem and um he brought up two things at, oh yeah, here we go. Comicbook.com at an article. Secret Invasion director reveals the two things Marvel told him to set up for the MCU. It's like, bro, you got one job at the end of this job. I just need you to establish two things. And this is what he told the this is what he told the rap. He says, I didn't feel any constraints. Um, he says, so we just had to have Fury go up at the end back into space, go up at the end, and it would be great if Rhodey, if his legs didn't work. And that's it. That's it. They didn't give him any other constraints. He says, look, the only thing that you gotta do is just get Fury back into space by the end of the series and make sure Roadie, his legs ain't working. Okay? Like, when I read that, (laughs) to me, there is something that just feels very like hands are done i'm i'm done with this this is like i'm gonna this is what you need to do see you later good luck i, I got another project i gotta work on and and boom and he's gone on another project to get established and to start getting you know running sort of thing so when when i hear something like that it does make me feel like that's all that he wanted you to do kevin feige wasn't in your ear he wasn't on set more possibly right he didn't have a bigger say in what this show kind of turned out to be. And if he's doing that with Secret Invasion, again, I don't know if that's what he's doing. But when the director tells me, look, he just wanted me to do two things, okay? Make sure Rodney's legs weren't working, uh, Rhodey's legs weren't working, and put Nick Fury back into space. I'm like, that's it for for a show like Secret Invasion that just had so much else riding on it, just lore-wise from the comic books. Like, Even if he didn't want to adapt, the comic book secret invasion. You could have put a much better foot forward than what we wind up getting in here. And so when the director tells me that, and then he also tells me, well, I think Rhodey was swapped out possibly by Civil War. Like when you don't even know the answer to that question, or maybe you're, maybe he's keeping it, you know, up in the air for us as viewers to go back and check out. My thing is, is this how Kevin Feige is treating? All of his projects, especially the MCU series ones, and if it is, those are barnacles to me, right? Those are the things that attaches itself to the main ship that just starts bringing you down. If you ask me, Kevin Feige, uh, Mark Guggenheim probably could use a job. Uh, I know he's doing a profit movie, but this man literally co-created the Arrowverse. Like if your job is becoming that stretched thin where you got to go from project to project and you can't necessarily sit and focus and making sure that it's coming out the absolute perfect way that it needs to, bring somebody else on board. Mark Guggenheim has a great record in regards to building out a, 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 a universe that's connected like this. I think he's got great advice here. And I would agree, I am hoping, I am hoping that by the time, when we, once we get to Secret Wars, that Secret Wars is that switch. You know, I don't know where you go after Secret Wars. Um, with the exception of, look, if we've got nine phases, if we've got ten phases of this stuff, after Phase 6, which I believe is when Secret Wars drops, I'm not quite sure... We really got to make this feel as fresh and as lively as possible and really shrink this world back down because the idea of adding all these characters that you yourself are not focusing on like you used to, that's just going to weigh your brand down. And we've seen it time and time again with these shows that have come out and just been mediocre. You know, pretty, you know, some are good, some are good, but nobody's writing home about them. Nobody's boasting about them. And that's just really unfortunate. And so I agree with Mark, uh, whether it's a complete reboot, who knows, but something has got to happen in order for this to become fresh once again. And I'm hoping, like Bob Iger and them have said, maybe this is an opportunity for them to kind of take a little bit of a step back for themselves Uh, and reevaluate just exactly how much content that they're currently putting out right now and really get back to the smaller more intimate storytellings one not every movie's got to be 200 and 250 million dollar budget right off the bat okay uh and i do miss how the first three phases were definitely built the idea of these individual stories and movies and just focusing on building them up as characters and unfortunately now with this new phase we've got so many new characters and i will say while the series themselves may not have been great right i will say they have done a good job of at least introducing us to the characters because the characters themselves i'm quite fond of i really enjoy oscar isaac as moon knight tatiana maslany i thought she did great as she hulk Right. Um, uh, Amon Valani is a perfect Miss Marvel, if you ask me. The series for some of these characters may not have done them very well, but I do think that they've at least established great characters. But you got to get back to great stories. Uh, And I think Mark Guggenheim is definitely tapping into something with a great analogy just to showcase we need to get smaller again. You know, 20 projects in two years is just unrealistic these days. Smaller focus on quantity, on quality over quality, and give us a fresh start to something. And maybe we might get on board. You know, some people would even say the idea of like, look, you know, maybe going the route of the multiverse, you know, as your next phase, maybe not necessarily the greatest. (laughs) And looking in hindsight now, look, I don't know if the MCU knew, hey, everybody else is going to want to do a multiverse movie. But it's not even so much that as the MCU itself in these phases have had multiple like multiverse stories already. No Way Home, Doctor Strange, you know, like almost every project has some levels of element of like the multiverse in it. Uh, And is one of those things where it's like it's okay to just focus on individual characters probably why i really enjoyed wakanda forever as much as i did or guardians of the galaxy as much as i certainly did um and so i i do think that there is some wisdom in mark guggenheim's words here granted that our verse itself wasn't perfect but They always had really compelling stories, really great proper buildups to great crossover events, and based off of the budgets that they certainly had to deal with when it comes to the CW. Like, some people will shit on Crisis on Infinite Earths, but do you have any idea how hard that's got to be to adapt, especially on a TV budget like I think they did as best as they possibly could with what they had. Um, and I think Mark Guggenheim definitely is a well of information here that, uh, Kevin Feige, if you're listening, if you need some help, bro, if you need some help, Mark Guggenheim probably could use a job right now. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this turns out. But, um, some things definitely have to be done. Look, I'm definitely not off of the MCU ship. The first three phases of the MCU have like definitely at least warranted the MCU to get a pass at least until the end of Secret Wars. But like by the end of Secret Wars, if this has not changed, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people that are off uh, are off this bandwagon. And if anything, Marvel is really, if you ask me, getting into very dangerous territory here in the sense that if you're not careful, you got DC on your ass, okay? And you about to have somebody that you handpicked and helped create in James Gunn that might overshadow you guys. Um, so I'm really hoping that Kevin Feige and them go back to the drawing board uh, and tighten this ship because I really want the MCU to continue to success- be successful. I don't think they'll ever get to the level that they were at the end of phase three. And personally, I don't think we should expect them to, but they definitely got to put their best foot forward, certainly going forward for sure. Um Nathan says Marvel did this to themselves. It all has to be connected and now the audiences won't accept anything less. Marvel isn't able to pull it off that well. Maybe that's uh what's to come will be better. I I hope it is what's to come. And if anything, I've had my I've had an issue with the idea of it being all connected. Like I didn't mind the concept and the idea of the movies being connected. And I think that's why I always appreciated the lower budget MCU shows like The Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, right? Like those are shows that can survive off their own. But when you cancel all of those and then you start saying, listen, what we're going to create, it's all connected. Now you got to make sure your canon and timeline is on point, which I'm sure some people could probably – point to those already having faults but then also you you now cause people to have to do more homework that they didn't have to do before you think the casual movie goer or the the casual audience goer has watched miss marvel or falcon and the winter soldier right like we talked about this indian Stewart and i a couple of weeks ago we even did a individual video that we clipped out for it, the idea that it's like Maybe one of the reasons that the box office continues to drop outside of maybe some mediocre quality for the shows and some of the movies is the fact that now people going in to see the Marvels, you got to watch WandaVision to know who Monica Rambo is. Aside from if you saw her in the first Captain Marvel movie, nobody's going to know who Miss Marvel is if you haven't watched. The series itself sort of thing. Right. Um, So now you're asking people to have to watch more things before when before was like, just stick to the movies and you'll be fine. Um, So, yeah, I do think, Nathan, there is a level of Marvel did kind of shoot themselves in the foot here. Uh, And I'm hoping that they are realizing that um, and taking the necessary course. Marcelino says, personally, I would want Marvel to do Elseworlds. There's a bunch of storylines fans want to see adapt but don't work for the MCU. And their characters, writes, uh, writers want to uh, to write in their own way. Again, this is why you keep shows like The Runaways, like Cloak and Dagger, right? They were supposed to even do a Ghost Rider show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, didn't they have like a Hellstrom show also, right, that delved into like the, the, the horror side of things, right? These are all... Ripe for great storytelling. Um, lower budget stuff. Who cares? They can still put together great movie, you know, great television shows, regardless if they're on FX or Hulu or whatever the case may be. Um, but there is something to that, Marcelino. I w- I would agree with. Um, I am open to Secret Wars serving as a reboot, changing the characters' origins, bringing in some of the Fox-owned projects, and bringing back old characters to write them differently. Um. Marcelo says it feels sounds like either Feige is fatigued with Marvel or he doesn't care for the TV series on the same level as he cares for the movies. I mean that potentially could be it. I don't know if it's fatigue. I mean, look, it might be fatigue in the sense that he's just stretched thin and he's having to literally, you know, be the head of all of these things. I would really like him to bring somebody in, um, to do that. Also, like as far as like, well, you know, as far as producer. And creative, right? DC Studios has um, co-CEOs in that regards, one for the creative, one for the producer side. Maybe he could definitely utilize somebody like that um, to help him out. You know, I don't know if he doesn't care for the TV series so much, but, you know, I, I am interested to know what all is going on back there. Uh, Nurmic says, I think um, they will. I think the viewers are a little spoiled. Yeah, we probably are a little spoiled, bro. I'm not going to lie. They came out of the gates three incredible phases, right? Um, that's definitely a way to spoil people, for sure. And Indy says, take that back. The our verse was perfect. I mean, you know... <laughs> uh nathan says uh they fumbled the ball with the multiverse stuff it all sucks I, you know i wouldn't say it all sucks there are some definitely some gems in there for sure you know like i i walked away from dr strange enjoying it it may not have been as great as i certainly wanted it to be but i certainly enjoy dr strange too no way home incredible film probably the best out of all the spider-man films uh, spider-man films if you ask me um uh, what else did we wind up getting? Guardians three, I thought was pretty great. Also, I do think that there are some gems in here, uh, not as good as it certainly used to be, but I do think there is something important here too. And I think Indy points it out. Um, is it may not necessarily be what people want, but let the story be told, then judge it. And I think that's I think that's true, right? Phase four may not necessarily be the strongest, but who's to say phase five doesn't eventually get its footing? Uh, I think we've got some really uh, interesting movies that are people are pretty hyped for, whether that be Captain America 4 with Harrison Ford in it now. Um, Thunderbolts, which looks like a pretty interesting group of characters. I kind of want to see what they do with that storyline. You've got the Avengers movies certainly coming out, Fantastic Four. There's a lot of things that are still promising out there. Um, and if they can take this time, especially during the writer strike and um, during the actor strike, to at least in their minds formulate just a brand new sort of game plan, uh, maybe cut out some of the fat. Who's to say that the second half of Phase 5 and 6 doesn't turn things around? And when we get to the finale, things feel a little bit different from storyline certainly point of view so i don't think um it's the end end all be all right now for the mcu plenty more certainly to go um but it's definitely feeling like somebody's resuscitating it right now like one two three four you know like it's like trying to trying to get this thing back on its ship so We'll see how it goes. But I'm I'm curious to know what you guys think. Mark Guggenheim believes the MCU should be uh, rebooted or at least something significantly done to take off these barnacles off the ship from it's not being weighed down so much. Uh, but what do you guys think? Let us know your thoughts in the comment section box below uh, or in the live chat, guys. Um, and then last but not least, we will get this uh, last story out of the way. You know, I didn't even know Ryan Reynolds had a tv challenge you guys know that did you guys know that it's called um let me see do i have it here maximum effort i hate the name of this channel by the way um but ron reynolds is in the news this week because um he's at least trying to do some big things with his maximum effort um maybe diving into the nostalgia act a bit here this week with a couple of announcements that he has for his maximum effort channel. Um, So let's go ahead and bring this up. Uh, The first one that I want to talk about when it comes to Ryan Reynolds' maximum effort, um, this is a shout out to uh, Peg C, our boy Ram Jam here, because he loves himself some biker mice from Mars. Uh, And according to Deadline, Ryan Reynolds to co-produce Biker Mice from Mars animated series. It looks like he's bringing it back, y'all. Ryan Reynolds to co-produce Biker Mice from Mars animated series. I don't know if you guys have ever recall watching that series, but if you do, let me know your thoughts. Um, it says, uh, Ryle Reynolds and his company Maximum Effort had joined Biker M- my Biker, Biker Mice from Mars animated series, a new iteration of the cult classic series. Um, they will co-produce with Maximum Effort and Fubo. So some people know that I am a motorcycle enthusiast, Ryan Reynolds says, so it was only natural for us to jump on board with Biker Mice. Maximum Effort and Fubo look forward to putting a new spin on this cult classic with our friends at Nasil. Um, for those of you not familiar with this show, it says the biker mice from Mars story on the planet Mars. There existed a race of anthropomorphic mice who enjoyed motorsports uh, and had a very similar culture and society to that of human beings. Eventually, they were all but wiped out by the Plutarchians, an alien race of obese foul-smelling, worm-eating, fish-like humanoids who plunder other planets for their natural resources. Three survivors, Throttle, Moto, and Vinny, manage to find a spaceship and escape the takeover. They soon find themselves crash-landing on Earth in Chicago. Along with a charming female mechanic named Charlene, the biker mice must defend Earth and defeat the villainous villainous Pluto, Pluto... Plutarchians in an attempt to finally return to their homeland of Mars. The new version comes 27 years after the original animated series uh, and they obtain the uh, rights to that particular property. Um, Looks like they have a pilot set. It says it will be the biker mice for Mars will be the first animated series on the maximum effort channel, which is home to original and classic TV and movies. Um, they haven't uh, announced an exact date as of yet. Um, so, Maximum Effort Channel, um, in partnership with Fubo, is available to watch on Fubo, Fubo, as well as Amazon Freevee, LG Channels, Plex, Sling, FreeStream, Tubi, Vizio Watch, uh, watch free, and yada yada yada. Um, so, if you guys want to get an idea as to where you can catch uh maximum maximum effort. So yeah. Um but that he's not done with that though. Again, we're talking about he's really tapping into the nostalgia of things. Um he's bringing back a oldie but goodie here uh and that is going to be Alf baby. Alf Ryan Reynolds revives Alf for his maximum effort channel. Uh maximum effort will debut a new branded segments. Featuring the alien puppet. So it says the alien puppet has been revived for a series of branded segments on Ryan Reynolds maximum effort channel. Um, It says they have acquired the rights to the classic 1980s sitcom starring the puppet and will weave in the new sponsored segments, which it is calling Maximum Moments during the episodes. The company worked with the ALF creator as well to develop sponsored segments. So it doesn't even necessarily feel like it's going to be new episodes so much as they are, I guess, Having him as part of like a commercial when I see sponsored segments, I think of like commercials like the people that are sponsoring the show like, hey, um, you know, the doorbell or something like that, you know, was the, the the ring, you know, maybe it's Alf doing some ring commercial or something like that, right? Like it when they say sponsored segments, it looks like maybe Alf is going to be using whatever gadget or whatever, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to sell during these segments. Um, so it should be interesting. It says among the brands Alf will tout are, oh, there we go, Mint Mobile, <laughs> which is another Ryan Reynolds owned brand, um, the Amazon video doorbell ring, there you go, um, Hymns, uh, and the spot will begin airing during the Alf Marathon, um, July 29th. Oh, so they just started, they literally just had an Alf Marathon yesterday. Um, At Maximum Effort, we love taking risks and blurring the lines between shows and sponsorships because we believe both can equally be as entertaining. Besides my irrational love of ALF growing up, one of the reasons we licensed the show is precisely because uh, Paul, Shout Studios, and other partners wanted to plot with us to bring ALF back to life. Um, So that's how they plan on doing it. So that's interesting. So, yeah, not necessarily a new show, but using him sort of as a spokesperson for some sponsored segments uh, in between as he's going to be trying to promote some of these uh, some of these companies. Um, So it's an interesting way of trying to bring Alf back to life. Um, You know, look, I grew up in the 80s myself. Uh, I have seen my fair share of ALF shows. Um, I'm pretty good without it though. (laughs) So I'm glad that he's utilizing it this way. Um, Indy says, I still have my stuffed Alf. Oh, that probably is scary as hell. Um, he's yeah. Interesting design for a character for sure. But, um, yeah, I didn't even know, uh, Ryan Reynolds had himself a channel, but, uh, yeah, maximum effort. So yeah, definitely go ahead and check it out guys. If you're looking for, um, some nostalgia content, Alf and biker mice from, mars good shit man good shit (laughs) but yeah guys let me know your thoughts uh on that uh and have you had the opportunity to check out that channel um and if not somebody do so and then get back to me let me know what you guys have thought of it so far all right guys i think with that out of the way though let me go ahead and uh I think you guys know what time it is. It's time for Live Viewer Questions. Questions, questions. questions. Now let's go ahead and get these uh, Live Viewer Questions up and running. Sorry, I didn't mean to flip you guys all off there. Um, So as always, if you guys ever wanna go ahead and uh, submit a Live Viewer question, I'm going to have to change the banner on this, uh, pull out two new um, posters. Uh, I might throw a TMNT poster up there. As you can see, we got Barbenheimer uh, as part of our new logo design on our YouTube channel. I hope you guys like the new logo design that we've got for you. Uh, we got other things. like I want to come up with some – we literally just got our first paycheck, by the way, from YouTube. So thank you really honestly thank you to everybody that has supported this channel our subscriber count certainly continues to grow i personally want to be on the road to 3000 by the end of this year like I, I i i that would be like half if not you know that, that would be already uh, an additional couple thousand um on top of what we have right now. I think we're at 1300 I would really love to try and hit 3000 by the end of um, the year. That might be a little bit too out of reach, but I'm certainly going to try for it for sure. So trust me when I say, guys, we only are here because of your continued support coming back week to week, leaving your comments, sharing your thoughts in our live streams, supporting us financially whenever we can. Um, this is how we certainly grow. Uh, I want to be able to use our first funds that we just got to really maybe create some um animated transitions for like honorable mentions um live viewer questions also just to add another element to this you know we also broadcast this show in just 720 uh we don't broadcast it in 1080p i do want to get to the point though where um We can maybe either purchase um, StreamYard's business in order to get to uh, 1080 or start utilizing a little bit more of my StreamLab stuff is really what I I want to certainly get into. So, um, look, if you want to support us financially, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, Super Chats certainly help. Super Stickers, I believe they are also. Um, And I think... I think that might be it also. Um, but, yeah, guys, definitely continue to support the channel. But uh, let's go ahead and get to your guys' live viewer questions, shall we? Indy thinks we can hit 3,000. Um, so, yeah, guys, um, continue to share these videos. Let everybody else know about us. Uh, certainly goes a long way. But um if you ever want to submit a live your question it's pretty simple. Just go over to our YouTube page here, click on that community tab, and usually on uh, Thursdays or any day after Thursday, uh we'll get to um we'll post a live your question post. Just go ahead and submit your question there and we'll definitely get to it. I do believe that there were some questions we didn't get to last week, so let me tackle those first and then I'll definitely get to the new stuff. Um Oh Peg C I think actually we pretty much talked about your stuff here today what are your thoughts on Ronald Reynolds biker mice from mars maybe this is maybe I'll actually watch this animated series you know I think growing up as a kid I think this I might have watched an episode or two, but it was mostly off of my radar. I'm very familiar with the show name, but I don't believe I watched too much of it. But maybe this is an opportunity for me to get into it again uh, if they go ahead and reboot it. So I am definitely looking forward to Biker Mice from Mars, probably more than the ALF stuff for sure. Uh, And as far as the 193 episodes of TMNT on the animated series on Nickelodeon or coming to Nickelodeon affiliated stuff, uh, the more the merrier, man. Um, although I think somebody did post the theme song for TMNT, I don't think that they were able to hold on to the rights for it. I do think that they had to go with a similar sounding Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme, but I do think it might be brand new. I don't know if they were able to utilize the rights from the actual 1987 series, but if I'm wrong, correct me in the live chat, please. Um, Doomsday. What's up, Doomsday? Uh, remember when RPM did that behind-the-scenes special as an actual proper episode? Well, you do do you feel like they should have done more of that in some seasons of RPM? I um oh after RPM um I think that would have been pretty fun. I think in an exchange of the behind-the-scenes special. I think we got our musical episode in Beast Morphers. I think that's what that was. Um so yeah, I think I, I'll take that. I'll take that. But it, it would have been cool to see another behind the scenes um special. Um would have been would have been pretty cool for something after RPM. Um but you know, Saban isn't that creative unfortunately. Um so it probably would have been very much dependent on Beast Morphers Dino Fury or Cosmic Fury to pull something off like that. Um Blossom, this just came to me. Um, Garza, Oriden's brother from Cure Major for the Super Sentai fans. Um, in our Crystal Charge adaption, they're not related. He's known as Onyx and was exiled for a crime uh, he didn't commit, and he became evil when he was brainwashed. His heart was vulnerable enough uh, for that to happen. How's that? Um, this just came. Garza, Oriden's brother, right? He's known as Onyx and was exiled for a crime he didn't commit and became evil when he was brainwashed. His heart was vulnerable enough for that to happen. How's that? Uh, Maybe he had some animosity still uh, towards other people. Uh, Didn't didn't Garza have animosity towards um, the Silver Ranger? Mabushina's brother? Weren't they uncles? Wasn't that his uncle or some shit like that? Yeah. Um. Man, it's been so long since I watched Cure Major, but I'm pretty, look, you know, you feel some sort of resentment or some sort of anger towards somebody. Um, You know, all you need is somebody to poke the bear or push that button, you know, to make you start thinking in one particular way. Um, So I think that's probably how it happened. Remember when I said Purified Zed was Tokyo 7? What if Nightmare Empire somehow took the crystal he was in from the Morphe Masters and somehow let the evil one out. Let's just say he would have our good Zed fighting his old self. Ooh, that's trippy. I kind of dig it. Kind of dig it. Um, Did I have another one? Yes, let's go to more recent questions. Sort this by newest. Marcelino. Um, I know you stop watching certain shows for your own reasons, but as your son grows older and begins to watch some of the shows you quit, will that be when you start rewatching some of the shows you stop to watch with your son? Hey, maybe, maybe if he's into that type of stuff, we'll see if he's cool with going down memory lane like his pops, uh, finding some. Let me see what you used to watch, dad. I mean, look, by the time <laughs> by the time he gets older and actually starts paying attention to some of the shows that he watches. Um, he may not even want to go back and watch it. What do you mean it was only formatted in 1080p? It's not 16k. Ugh, I don't want to watch that. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, if he if he if he's open to watching some of these old shows that maybe I didn't finish, yeah, some good fathering sometime. I'll sit down and watch it with him. Um, remember when Gotham Knights was a success on HBO back in April? Well, apparently there are some people pushing against that idea and argue that, uh, Gotham Knights was only a success because HBO took off most of their content and there weren't that much left. What are your thoughts on that? You know, look, I, I will say this, you know, I started digging into that a little bit. I don't remember where that article came from. I think it was like CBR.com. It was that comic book resources, but I also started, I almost got to thinking like, Was Gotham Knights being put on um, HBO Max before the series ended? Uh, Because after I read the article, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That's definitely true. But then I started thinking to myself, like, well, is Gotham Knights on HBO Max here in the States? Like, I wonder if that's something that's offered internationally. And maybe like HBO Max internationally, maybe Gotham Knights was... um, was was really being watched a lot because i i remember the article let me see if i could find it real quick was a cbr gotham right? yeah this was from april 23rd oh excuse me april 10th gotham nights is a major hbo max success Uh, While many fans have not initially been sold on the idea of Gotham Knights, the show has seemingly found its audience via streaming. According to Flix Patrol, and I'll even bring that up, the latest superhero drama is comfortably sitting at HBO Max's third most popular series, beating out only HBO's giant Succession and The Last of Us. Um, This placement also makes it one of four shows in the top 10 that aren't HBO or HBO Max originals. Um, <clears throat> the popularity comes surge amid the CW's downsizing. Um, I'm trying to see if it says anything about see, cause Gotham Knights still debuted new episodes every Thursday. So is that internationally? I'm assuming that's the most popular movies and TV shows on HBO in the world. Okay. So yeah, I'm assuming that's probably topping charts just like, all over uh, all over the place so it may not necessarily be um it may not necessarily be here in the US during that time because i don't remember if they did that because i can't remember if they actually like Like, My Adventures of Superman, I think, does that, right, where it drops on Adult Swim and then the next day is on HBO Max. I don't think at the time Gotham Knights was doing that, so at least here in the States. So if it was doing that, it might have been internationally when it was doing that. But I do think that's saying something, though. Um Well, apparently there are some people pushing against that idea and arguing that Gotham wasn't only a success because HBO Max took off most of their content and they weren't. I, I think that's a, I think that's a piss poor excuse, honestly, Marcelino. Um, I, yeah, I think that's a piss poor excuse. Um, looking back at the series, watching it in full, um, it was pretty compelling for me. I actually enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I don't, that, that like the logic alone does, doesn't make any sense for that. Cause trust me when I say there's plenty of other great content, uh, on HBO max for people to watch. And for, for that to be, it's number three. Yeah. There's plenty of great content on HBO max. Don't let them fool you. Jessica Fryman says, would you like to see a bat family spinoff from Harley Quinn? And you think we will see Trini's daughter in cosmic fury or in a future series? I hope Trini's daughter pops up in cosmic fury. um, You know, or in any future series. Yeah, I hope she pops back up. Um, I'm really impressed with Charlie Kirsch. I literally just on IG yesterday, I think she did a a dance video. Um, She can do it all, man. Um, Great martial artist. Great dancer. Uh, I'm sure there's probably more work she can certainly do with her performance and acting and things like that. But she definitely did a a great job when it comes to once and always. So I hope that um, we see her again. She's, She's just that talented. As far as what I like to see a Bat Family spinoff from Harley, you know, I'd be interested to see if we even get ourselves a fifth season of Harley Quinn. They did drop a fourth season trailer. I don't watch Harley Quinn enough to see, like, would it warrant a spinoff? And if it does warrant a spinoff, is the Bat Family the best option that they can have? I personally would rather see a Bat Family come out of something like the brave and the bold Batman movie that's going to come out of the DCU. Um, but I, again, I don't watch Harley Quinn enough to see if that's even a spin-off that would make sense to kind of come out of this. But maybe somebody in the comments section can give their opinion or clarify that. Um, Blossom, what heroes from DC and Marvel do you guys relate to? Um, probably Spider-Man for me, just because and I think that's probably a common for a lot of people. Um, Peter Parker, just because of the the nerd is the, the nerdist in me. But I think honestly, Miles Morales has probably become one that I attach to the most, just the fact that our backgrounds are eerily similar <laughs> in that sense. Um, and I'm probably trying to grow my hair out to look like no, I'm just kidding. Um, but probably Miles Morales. Uh, give them more time. Maybe I can think of another answer to that, Blossom. You remember the Ranger database? How to be if the Imaginatrix, Imaginatrix Rangers discovered something like that, but it's a digital tapestry in their base's secret room. Uh, it'll feature each team or teammates uh, for their best moments. Um, Ranger database for your fan fiction. Um, Maybe not. You know, it would be cool if maybe not that it's already available to them, but it's something that they have to acquire and build up themselves. Um, like, so maybe they create the database. If you catch my trip. Um, Peg C. What's up, Peg C.? This will be our last question. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, Adam and company. Hope you're doing well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the beyond the spider verse being delayed indefinitely um it doesn't surprise me uh, again I think when we talked about it it was one of those things where the other artists for across the spider verse have come out and I can't remember was it a vanity vanity fair article we might have read for you guys uh, where they talked about like the horrors of like having to work with Lord and Miller and their style of doing um of 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 doing this type of animation you know that you know they they really were trying to make across the spider-verse as perfect as they possibly could and i if i'm reading if i was reading it correctly it sounded very much like as cgi artists you know there's usually a place in the um creation where if something is not right you can stop and go back and re-render it right or work on it again but apparently like Lord and Miller have them doing all the work, getting the, se- the the sequences and everything completed fully and then watching it and be like, no, we need to change some things and then making them start sort of like all over again. So then they got to start from the ground up all over again to get it correct. And once they complete it fully, then they gotta watch it. And if it's not correct, then they gotta do it all over again. Like I've been hearing it's just been a painstaking process that is very much out of the norm of how most animated films are certainly done. And you can tell that it's really gotten under the skin of a lot of animators that are working on on this. Um and so you know when the animator laughs at the idea of beyond the spider verse dropping in march and saying it's not coming out in march this delay doesn't surprise me at all so i think that's it's more animation wise than i think strike wise here um do you guys ever watch pride did you guys ever watch pride of the x-men it was a canceled series pilot what I skipped over your second question because you already we we did um, talking about the 1987 TMNT animated series. But your third question: Did you guys ever watch Pride of the X Men? Was that Kitty Pride, right, uh, Shadowcat? Um, it was a canceled series pilot. I didn't even what Pride canceled X Men pilot. Ain't no way. Pride of the X Men is a, oh, it's a one shot animated television pilot. A series from which the episode was intended as a pilot never materialized. Oh, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen that. So, this was the original, that was supposed to be the original pilot for the X Men animated series, but then that got scrapped. here's the wikipedia pride of x of the x-men is a television animated television pilot originally broadcast in 1989 the pilot aired infrequently in syndication was re- related Hold on, what oh yeah um well this doesn't say it was canceled though the title is a pun on the name kitty pride the series um that this episode was intended to launch, oh, this oh, this series that this episode was intended to launch never materialized. Marvel would have to go back to the drawing board for 1992's X-Men. Funding for this pilot actually came from the budget for Robocop, the animated series. Instead of making the 13th episode of Robocop Marvel Productions decided to use this funding to have Toei Animation produce the animation for this pilot. The pilot itself is most specifically influenced by issues 129 and 139 of Uncanny X-Men. Shortly after this pilot was delivered, Marvel started having financial issues. This pilot effectively marked the end of the Marvel animated universe. Wow which began with Fantastic 4 1978 and continued with Spider-Woman 1979, Spider-Man. used to watch all those animated shows too. The X-Men themselves had previously guest-starred in several episodes. Wow, that's cool. So X-Men Pride of the X-Men is it, was originally an animated television pilot set originally broadcast in 1989 to launch off an x-men animated series but that got scrapped and in turn they eventually went back to the drawing board and created the 1992 x-men that's so cool i've never heard of that before pegsy and i've never watched it but now i want to watch it um i am curious if i can find this downloaded anywhere or if this is like a gem i can only find it like Com like a, a convention where you got that one booth that's selling like all those bootleg movies of pilots that never aired. That's how I found um the Wonder Woman pilot with the the lady that played um something Padalecki. Who was the girl that played in uh, uh Agents of Shield? She played Mockingbird. I think she was the um was it Adriana Padalecki? Is that her name? Maybe I'm butchering it. Um, But she was playing Wonder Woman, I believe, in the pilot. But, yeah, usually when I go to a convention, there's usually that one booth that has, like, a bunch of, like, cult classic DVDs, um, you know, DVDs of, of of pilots that never got aired, um, Justice League movies, Fantastic Four movies from, like, the 80s and 90s sort of thing. Um, Ramchim says it's on YouTube. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, I'm going to have to check that out because I didn't even know that there was a previously unused pilot for an X-Men animated series. But that's cool. Thank you for uh, I learned something new today, Pegsy. So thank you very much for that. And that will do it for our live viewer questions, guys. Not too bad, not too bad. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you everybody for certainly joining us here today. Everybody, especially in the live chat. Um, Nerdmix says, "Can we get Street Sharks? That would be fantastic uh, to kind of come back." Um, yeah, Adrian. Ad, yeah, Adrian Palicki is your name. Yeah, I was pronounced butchering that name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hope she doesn't watch the show. Um, but yeah, man, Uh, that's going to do it for us here today. I don't know if there's been any uh, big breaking news or if anything's dropped yet. If anything, maybe, um, uh, Loki, have they dropped any, um, I'm curious if, uh, let me see. loki season two miss minutes did you drop at all nah i don't see anything yet yeah i'm not i'm not uh seven hours ago you know sometimes you think of like are these fan made so i'm always very very um, particular about trying to find these. Yeah, I don't see anything for Loki as of yet. But uh, we'll definitely keep you guys posted. And again, remember, if anything, always check out our Facebook page. Um, you can find us on social media right here at A Plus Opinions, guys. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads. Find us there, guys. Um, and uh, especially on our Facebook page, you'll definitely get caught up all throughout the week on any brand new news, info posters trailers behind the scenes images featurettes uh we'll definitely keep you posted on our facebook page but that's gonna do it for me here man it's uh sunday evening i'm gonna go ahead and find something to do with the rest of my night um, but i hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week as well thank you for staying up so late and wrapping up your weekend with us we got a ton of great content headed your guys' way here the rest of this week uh, i think myself Datila and Indy are going to be doing predictions for SummerSlam this week also as uh, we've got a big WWE SummerSlam event this upcoming weekend. So a lot to look forward to. More movie reviews, more trailer reviews, and more news throughout the week, guys. Uh, and we'll certainly see you guys later. But until then, do me a big favor as always. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And keep it A+. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs>